All right, so I got, uh, all right, so I feel like I should call you Mr. Moser. I think you should call me Bill. Okay, I just feel because like- I wouldn't call you. No, I don't think you should. I was a kid walking around uh, well, Lincoln Way and you were one of the teachers. I just my feel my rule is- I see you on Facebook and I'm like, all right, you know, there's Bill Moser, but- It's I Moser. Moser, okay. Yes. Oh. Even though it's not spelled that way. Yeah, it's Bill. Okay, all right. So I've got uh, Bill Mosier here, and uh, Bill taught English at uh, Lincoln Way. How many years? Thirty-three. Thirty-three years. Now that must be the that must be the thing to retire at thirty-three, right? Because uh, uh, Mark Rudiger's retiring this year, and it's been thirty-three years, I believe. Also, um, at the time I retired, you had to have your age and the number of years teaching had to equal, I want to say, eighty-five. Oh, that's a point system sort of a deal. Sort of, yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm not sure how it works now because it changed sure. everything. Sure, sure. Uh, and I retired at 55 because I didn't want to be one of the embittered old bastards I was teaching with. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. There was some, there was some of those. I still there. loved what I was doing, and I was still ambulatory. Oh, could you have stayed? Could you just oh, stay? I could have stayed till 68. He said, oh, wow. And how I could have been doddering around and yelling at kids to get off my grass. Right, yeah. right, right. So do, do you see that a uh, drop in performance or effectiveness once people get to be in their 60s and stuff like that as a teacher? Oh, what a good question. Um, I think it depends on the person. That's entirely individual. Well, I mean, I, I hear a lot about... Uh, what I hear about the pink room or something like that in Chicago, the Chicago Pools school system where... Teachers are tenured, but the big problem is we can't let them go, right? So once they're tenured, you can't fire them, but they turn out to be terrible teachers. So they've got some room. I saw it on a, a oh, really? news segment that all these teachers that are terrible teachers go sit in this room for the school day time, read books, do whatever they do, and they don't teach. That's criminal. It sounds criminal. It sounds terrible, but there's people... So I coach. I've been coaching for eight years, and there are definitely people who should not be coaching kids. Coaching kids, absolutely. Coaching um, anybody. Probably. I would I would venture to guess that there's teachers that should have absolutely. no business teaching. Yeah, and it's not easy to get rid of a teacher, right? But it's not impossible at all. Oh no. Okay. Okay. That, that when, was when I was teaching. I was given was that's Yeah. Um. One of the western, far western suburbs. I want to say Yorkville, but it's been a long time. Um, contacted the superintendent of state superintendent who contacted Lincoln Way and they suggested that I would be good to go mentor this person. She'd been a first year teacher for 22 years. What? Oh. She just never got any better. You know, you open the book and it has the questions down the side and they're dreadful questions, but you ask those questions. Right. Now, I think there's a certain talent to teaching. But really, should someone be 20, like that long and they yeah, can't exactly. get the hang of it? And so I went and I talked with her. And why don't you try this? And I look at your classroom. And if you did this and this and this, maybe that would help. Have you thought about that? Right. And she refused to change. But because she had, she was put on remediation for a year. I followed her through that year. I was there once a month or so. And nothing happened. She was just as bad when she started as she was now, when she. Is it a hard thing that they just don't have the, like when I'm teaching I think it's somebody a brain thing? Is it? Yeah, because when I'm teaching somebody something, 
when I, uh, I was a general contractor and I kind of like realized when I was general contracting, I was always hiring these young guys, you know, and I always, I didn't want to hire, I'd always get old guys. When I say old guys, they're probably guys in their like mid thirties, but construction for me, That's old, yeah. I was 23 when I opened my business. When I get a 32 year old guy calling me, I'm like, you're too old. There's no way you're going to want coffee breaks and like, you know, you're just going to like be lazy and everything else. And I also, I wanted you to do things. There, there's, you know, there's the, so many guys in construction that do a shoddy job. That's why that whole like, you know, stereotype exists. And I didn't want that. I wanted someone that I could, you know, you're going to do exactly my way and we're going to do it. And you can trust them. I can trust them. Because I'm going to get the homes. Right. I'm going to get the phone call and when the roof leaks or when the, you know, when the tile comes up or something like that. And I don't want that call. So like, if it's just done right. And I learned early on, if there is, you know, new material out there to use, or if there is a certain thing that guys used to do things that would drive me nuts. We, there's a, on a roofing system, you could back in the day. Now it's so much better. There's a, there's a brand new uh, paper that's, that's way nicer, but you could either choose between a 15 weight or a 30 weight felt paper mm -hmm. for the roof. It's just infused paper with tar, you know, but if the 30 weight was twice as much, it cost twice as much. You put twice as much down because you got less coverage, but it worked so much better. But guys would skimp on that little thing that would probably save them all of $150, but you're worried now that you're going to have a leak or anything like that. And then the water and ice filament, they would skip that. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? Like spend the $75 and you don't have to worry about the valleys leaking, all sort of stuff. It's your name on it. It's my name on it. So I'd hire all these young guys and then I would teach them to do things the way that I wanted it done. And I started to kind of realize that I, when I saw other contractors and their help, that I was better at teaching my guys stuff than they were at teaching mm. their guys stuff. Yeah. And I think I, I always spent time, even when I coach now, I try and coach to an objective. So I don't just show the kid what I want him to do. I explain to him why he needs to do it like this. And if he does it the other way, this is going to happen, everything else. And then parenting wise, I was forced to, I wouldn't say forced. I really didn't plan on like beating my kids. Like I see these uh, Facebook stuff on there all the time. And I've bitched about it before on the podcast. I don't like the whole, um, there's people that think society's ruined because people don't beat their children. And I, I, yeah, I roll my eyes. Exactly. I'm like, you have to be kidding me. Like that's, I, I give them the analogy of, hope I'm using the right word, analogy with the English you teacher, are. of if your favorite color was red and mine was blue, and we were talking and you said your favorite color was red, and I said, no, it's going to be blue, how many times do I have to punch you before it's blue? And it's it's an unlimited amount of times because the more I punch you saying it's going to be blue, the more it's not going to be blue. So I don't understand why you would take that same approach with, say, a four-year-old. I understand like uh, putting a little bit of fear in them when they're little, like get a little loud or something like that, or letting them know that you're really like, it's dangerous to put the fork in the outlet. So you got to get a little bit loud, but knocking them on their ass is not going to like, you know, for me, that wasn't the way yeah. to do it. And Although the electricity will. Right. Right. That will do it on its own. We'll thin the herd that way. But uh, I, um, with my sons, I was always, taking the time to explain it in long form as to why the, you, know, you will die, you will, you know, yeah, that's it, yeah. this kind of thing. And then even with, uh, with everything else, I learned that saying to my sons that I'm very disappointed 
is sometimes more hurtful than oh, that, giving them a. That's the worst thing you can say. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like I mean, you know, I can't believe how disappointed I am in you about this and everything else. And I think that parents just fly into a fit of rage and they want to whack a kid or whatever like that. And then a lot of it's over. You know, you're mad that they broke your stuff or like you know, it's all just nonsense. But the milk uh, spills no matter what. Right. Happens. I see some parents in the coaching. That's where I get a connection that's the same, I would guess, as a teacher, because I have to interact with the parents. Come, you know, you're, you had a son that was different now than when I was teaching. Well, why is that? Because of email. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're in more constant. I had, I had a friend. Oh, it's constant. Yeah. Yes, I had yes. a friend after I quit teaching who would hand out grades. She taught in Hinsdale, eighth grade. She'd hand out her grades on a test. And before the class period was up, she'd start getting phone calls and emails. Why did my student get a B plus instead of an A plus? I got a funny story for that too. I, I'm the opposite of that. I, I, I always took a funny approach to, to my whole parenting thing. Like I, I was afforded time because I broke my neck to really think about being a parent and like what I was going to do and how I was going to go about things. And uh, my t- complete parenting philosophy is if I see that you're doing something well, I'll make it more difficult because I'm going to put obstacles in front of you until I, I'm going to get better. Yes. I'm almost going to be such a pain in your ass that when you get a boss, he's going to be like a, a cool breeze. Like, it's so <laughs> nice to have this guy be my boss. Um, like, I'm not easy on my sons when we're working construction all summer. I'm not easy about anything. Um, they, My sons were in second grade. And I had to go to Hannah McDonald's school for uh, teacher parent-teacher conferences. And my sons had straight A's and everything. And I went in there. Well, they weren't being challenged, were they? Yes, that was my point. I went in there and I said, hey. She said, oh, your, your kids are doing great. Peyton and Garrett are terrific. And I'm like, that's fine. That's I go, right? I, yes. I yeah. go, I have an issue, though. She goes, oh, my God, what's the issue? She goes, you have people in here that are, you know, their kids are failing and they've got problems. And I go, oh, there are kids that are failing. That's a relief. Because I live with these people, they're not this bright, and they have straight A's. So explain to me how they have straight A's. And she's like, she couldn't even believe that this was the conversation we're having. (laughs) And I'm like, listen, I just want to make sure that my kids are in a school where they're being challenged. Because if they're not being challenged, then I'll find another place for them to be. Because, like I said, I live with them. They are not this bright. This is not – at no time did I ever look at my sons and go, you might be a genius you've got a straight A's like there's no room for improvement here um so yeah no my my I see memes with that stuff on social media too that parents come in little Johnny's failing and they're mad at the teacher which makes zero sense to me like right and then I have Johnny doing I've had parents say things our teachers tell me that parents would say things like your kid's in first grade and doesn't know the ABCs and they're like well that's your job I'm like, oh my gosh, that's totally no job. By the time they get there, oh for sure, right, right. I mean, my before they enter kindergarten, they have to know that. Just the toys you hand them have the ABC. Sesame Street. You're always putting them in front of a flickering blue babysitter. Yes, right. Watch Sesame Street. Now that's another thing that is far worse now than it ever was. Parents just hand that kid a tablet. Oh, I know, it's and terrible. Boom. And Sesame Street was was wonderful and horrible. Because all it did was reinforce short attention spans. Yeah, you know, Their, so their whole thing was, kids don't watch the program, but they watch the commercials. So we're going to make everything short. 
Well, I remember. Yeah, look at the, when the, the adults we have kids, now. They're all the horrible. The first kids who came in, who'd started in as little on Sesame Street, I had to be the entertainer and keep them occupied. Suddenly. Sure. You need to go over an Oscar and Bernie and Ernie yeah. and, Ernie and Bernie or Wow. And then that translated to people who can't read an article, they look at the headline or they look at the 30 second segment on the news and they're irate. Or they have their advisors write them a one page summary of the 50 page book oh, and hope they get it. Good golly. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. We aren't going to get into politics today. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty easy place for me to go. Uh, I enjoy political conversations. I really do. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I, a political conversation with you would probably be interesting for me, but not as interesting as one if I get a Trump supporter to come talk to me, like someone who's, because uh, I am, I, um, I am not uh, irate with them. I'm not aggravated with them. I'm more fascinated by how you can have this cognitive dissonance. To, I mean, some of these people, there's a family through wrestling that they are they're probably some of the nicest people I've ever met. Like mm -hmm. I really enjoy everything about them and they are like straight up uh, dressing up as Trump and Hillary and, and stripes. And like, they are oh off the charts. Trump, like they think he's Elvis. Like it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's well, crazy. I think he is Elvis and that's part of the problem. I, well, he's not Elvis to me. I, I like Elvis. and I, the, oh, There's well. nothing appealing about that guy. Um, I, he's a big showboat. He's, yeah, he's I don't, the entertainer. He's right. The, yeah. But I do not understand Donald Trump from the start. I understand the appeal that they have. But when I look at it, I go, everything you like about him is fake. It's not real. Like, it's not a thing. Like, I don't know if they understand that The Apprentice was a set. Like, in the 80s, they did interviews with Donald Trump in his office. It was a table and a mess. And it was like... He was his own publicist. Mm -hmm. He was calling and being John Barron or whatever and faking it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like he is, he's a huckster. He's a, a con man for sure. And they believe a everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Barman Bailey a little too. Like he, I made a, a, a little career after high school of going to bars and then <laughs> looking at a guy and thinking, nah, you ain't the guy. So, you know, like if you're front, every guy fronts like he's the guy, but most of them ain't the guy. So then we'd go out in the parking lot and find, he'd find out he wasn't the guy. So, uh, <laughs> but I would say, I was, I was always sizing guys up always. So, I would, you know, I'd be, I, I, there was something in the eye, something in, and I, I mean, there were some crazy bastards that I got into it with, but then there were other guys that I could just tell by the way they moved and stuff. Could you handle yourself or not? I was, by the end, I was fairly seldom wrong. And I look at Donald Trump and I just see this colossal wimp, this guy who daddy fought all my battles for me and everything. And I, there are guys that I know that I enjoy spending time with. I think they're, they're terrific people. They think this guy's a tough guy. This guy, I had a wrestling coach talking about, he's probably would have made an awesome wrestler. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? This guy hasn't done a hard day of work in his right, life. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. no. But yeah, I, I, yeah. You know, I know we can get way into that, but I don't right. want to. Uh, I would just like some grace and dignity in your eyes. Well, that too. The, so that's another one that, that it boggles my mind. They say stuff like you have to have respect for the office, but I'm like, but the guy that's in the office has no respect for the office. How am I supposed to do this when this buffoon, he's calling people fat pigs and like 
He's making he's fun got, of he's got a handicapped reporters. For everybody. He's got an awful name. And they're not even like original. George Bush gave people nicknames. Yeah, but they, they were like. They were kind nicknames. Yes, they, they were snarky. What was the Barbara Boxer was like uh, Ali or something like like He would he would make up things that had something to do with them. Yeah, and were at least a little bit clever. Yeah, I don't think and he And he is. was not my favorite president. But oh, he no, looks no. good in the meantime. Anyway. Uh, he, that Trump has been uh, sure elevated him for sure. Yeah. People forget that dude's a war criminal, so I mean, he should not be elevated. Uh, so, but but back to the, the teaching thing, because that, that we're going, we're going to go, yeah, you get know, it all that out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I'm bad. Uh, but uh, so, you know, it's an art as far as it goes, and I mean, I think it takes a while to learn to be a good teacher, too. I would, I would think so. Yes, right. The first two, three, four, five years are a huge embarrassment to me. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Right, but I mean, can't you still muddle through it? Can't you like? Well, I still, didn't muddle through. It. Right. I mean, but I mean, do you still have success stories from those times, or did, did people bomb out of stuff? Because um, I had some poor teachers that definitely did not help me in school. Yeah, I'm. I don't know whether I have success stories from then or not. Oh no, yeah. I mean, it's got to be. I haven't kept in touch with those kids. Right. Now, when do, I know that you keep in touch with, I'm I'm friends with Carl. I I, I that guy. I think he's terrific. He I terrific. enjoy him. Uh, um, definitely had some good conversations with him and his wife. Yeah, uh, Kelly's in, wonderful. Yeah, in person and and uh, and his and, sister Jill. Yeah, Jill. Now I don't remember Jill from school, but uh, you know, social media wise, I do. And they uh, we don't interact as much on social media as we used to because. They used to get into the fray with me where mm-hmm. I, so I used to scuffle a lot and since the injury, I can't do that. So like mentally, that's my sparring. I'll go on there. Right. Like I'm going to, and um, my grandmother had uh, Alzheimer's and I think if I keep my brain sharp, then maybe I can hold on longer than I would otherwise. So I like to get into a thing and I pretty much on Facebook, like I'm giving away some secrets, but I set traps. If I'm reading oh, about noticed. yeah, if I'm reading about something for a while and I know it front to back, then I'll make my post and then wait for the mice mm-hmm. to the fly to come to the spider and then right, right. here we go. And the, we spent what a whole day doing pro Trump things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was a day. But those weren't even, and that, that wasn't the point to them either. Was they were pro Trump, but they were all. 100% fabricated satire. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was amazing to me to watch the people believe it. Just they were they were inclined to believe it anyway, but if you read the articles they were the most fantabulous way off like no way like you know um Hillary, one of them was Hillary Clinton demands that she becomes president if if Trump is impeached. Yeah, I saw that. Right. Yeah. And I mean people were like mad about it. I'm like you like you that was total bullshit. And I, I, when I posted it, I wrote, people need to read the article. Like, read the article. Every one of them said, read the article. No one read the article on any of them. It's like, really, this is the drive-by, like, information you're getting? People, I think, when they go on social media, they think they're reading. And that's not reading. Like, I notice a difference in my brain when I, uh, my favorite author is uh, John Irving. And, uh, I just there there has not been a John Irving book, and I probably read twenty of them that I didn't love. That wasn't absolutely mm-hmm. like it's like right in my wheelhouse. The there's always someone that's German speaking in there. There's always 
wrestling. There's always – and then the writing thing. Like I mm-hmm. like how he talks about his method of writing. And I don't know how – now, you have a book that, that you wrote. Um, that one's out of print. I is that right one, now? One's on, available on Amazon. That This is a novel, right? So it's fiction. Right. Uh, so now his thing is, is that he pretty much has the ending that he wants, and then he writes the entire book from the ending. Like he has like how the thing played out, mm-hmm. and then he writes the whole backstory from there. So like, and he talks about that in the in the in the you know in the novels that he writes because there's always a writer in, right. in them. Um, but if I am in a book and I'm reading a book, my brain works better. My brain works better in a conversation. My brain works better at work. It's like I'm flexing a muscle or I'm using a muscle that is not usually used. Uh, that and I uh, do like the Rosetta Stone thing for a language for German. Mm-hmm. And I've got a couple apps on my phone and stuff like that. And I will find a movie in German and watch a German movie just so I can just be hearing it right. like more. Um, I'm good. I get a lot more fluent that way. Right. I, I'm I'm better at listening to German than I am to speaking it. Uh, the problem is a lot of the computer stuff. It's a lot of uh, reading it and seeing it, and hearing it, but it's not as much speaking it back. Right. Um, and- and recognition is generally easier than generation. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, on tests, um, uh, two they, false, right? Multiple choice. You recognize the answer. Okay. Now I never if you write an essay. You have to generate an answer. Right, 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 right. Okay, right. The essay was always bad for me in school. If, uh, but I never took a language, and I don't know if they if they do that in school, but. Do they have you orally say the, you know, speak the language to yes. pass the test? Okay. Well, right. when I graduated from high school in 1963. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And That's I had ways. four years of Spanish. What high school? Uh, Decatur, Decatur. Eisenhower. Okay. Eisenhower, Decatur. Um, and, and we had to speak it. Right. I wish they made it more of a – I always feel inferior as an American. Ooh, uh, because other countries, everybody is bilingual. Yes, but us. right, right. Which, you know, um, and I make jokes. That, that's the problem with social media. Like, I'm always looking for a laugh. I, I'm really always looking for a laugh. So, like, I had a guy get on a, a post the other day and call me a punto, and uh, another one said it was a chooch. Punto. A punto, yeah, pussy. And uh, uh, and I'm like, you guys need to start speaking American. And I think somebody that doesn't know me that well probably saw that, like, oh, this guy's a racist or something like that. But, like, I'm making fun of racists. It's satire. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but as far as the reading goes, like, people, like, if you would just take the time to read, I, I think that you would, like, enjoy yourself with the reading, first off. Second off, like, it allows you to – I love tech. I was just – at Best Buy this morning, getting a auto start installed in my car that my sons had bought me. And I was stuck there for an hour and 40 minutes. And I found everything that I, like, I know my next seven purchases. Now, they may not be those exact items, but the tech is wonderful to have, like, a beautiful TV and watch a movie and stuff like that. But the book is so awesome because you can put your own thing to it. You can put your own faces to the characters and all that stuff. What's really cool about it is read the book, 
then watch a movie and then bitch about the casting director and all those yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's like, no way, that could be the, the guy. The first time a Peanuts Christmas came out on TV. Okay, right. And I'd been reading Peanuts forever. My sixth grade teacher's husband was a friend of Charles Schultz. Schultz sure. So, Peanuts. And none of the voices were the right voices. You know, the characters all looked alike because right. it was a cartoon, cartoon. but the voices right. were really wrong. Yeah, I thought you were going there. I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't that a yeah, comic strip? Yeah, how could they be still, still in the Tribune. I read it every morning. Yeah, right. Even the, yeah, now, who took that over? When he died, they started recycling them. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, right, right. right. Why well, somebody, somebody's making money on it. Yeah, right. That's, that's why. Uh, so, yeah, so I... Um, like I have a, a a black lab and his name is Ketchum because there was a, a character in a John Irving book named Ketchum and he was a black haired, super loyal friend. And this is a black lab. I'm like, that makes sense and everything else. But like, I have a visual picture in my brain of the way that that guy looks, the way he's built, the oh, way absolutely. everything from the description in the, in the thing. And then when you get stories like, uh, the guy's son was a wrestler and stuff like this. You start to think about the way that that guy probably moves because mm-hmm. he's a wrestler and stuff like this. So when they cast a movie and it's, you know, it's, it's the, the one that they really ruined was uh, um, a prayer for Owen Meany. And they made it into, um, they changed it, but it was loosely based on it. And loosely they, always. Yeah. But so loosely that like it made no sense. And a prayer for Owen Meany. He was a wrestler and a really good one because he was a small stature, mm-hmm. small statured uh, man, and uh, just as mean as can be and everything else. And in the movie, I can't remember what the name of the movie was. It wasn't a prayer for Owen Meany. It was something else. But it was uh, it was a, a guy with severe dwarfism that was like, yeah, not, yeah. Like it was not right at all. And I'm like, how could you do this? How could you make it all not right? Like this doesn't make it. You and then. I read the book 30-something. Right. But then they took all of the wrestling out of it. Like the whole – like I'm like, oh, my God. If that was the thing you took out of it, then I'm I'm wasting my time watching the movie. But every time I open a book, a novel, and I start to read, within two pages, I quit reading. I'm just seeing a movie as things. Yes, right, in my brain. Right. And I mean if I'm – yeah, I, I'm totally visualizing everything that's going on. And then uh, for me, I'm even after I set the book down, I'm still thinking about what I read right. and stuff like that. So it's it's it seems to be. Yeah, why didn't they do this? How could right. they be so stupid not to have seen that? Why, why people don't want to be touched in that way? They'd rather just be lazy and hit the remote, turn the TV on, whatever like that. And then if you're not going to read a book. Oh, that's totally passive. Right. But if you're not going to read a book and you're going to watch – Fox News or CNN all day long, then I don't know. You need to still like go look for articles and read deeper into it. That, that's the reason for the podcast. So you, I, you need more points of view, more points of view, and you need everything to be more in depth. Anybody can spin anything by giving you 30 seconds of something. And then if you look into it further, oh, but yeah. there's this, this, yeah. this, and this, like you'll get a more rounded. The, 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 the problem is, is that I know people that are, um, conservatives. There's so many categories now. Like uh, Trump has made it into like the whole gender thing, where there's 75 different pronouns. Mm-hmm. For, like it makes no sense to me. But so I don't. I, I anyone who's a, a super Trump supporter is not a conservative. 
So the like because he's not conservative in any way, shape, or form. And then aggressive if, in many ways, but right, not conservative. Right. But I mean, he's running a $1.2 trillion deficit oh, yeah. in a great economy. So like, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, so Enjoy civil rights. Yeah, right, 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 right. Not well, conservative. that's the other one too. Like people don't, history wise, I get people that on social media will say stuff like, well, Lincoln was a, was a Republican. That means absolutely nothing because at that time, that was the progressive. That's 150 years ago. That was the progressive party, though. Those yeah. were the progressives. The Democrats were the conservatives. Teddy Roosevelt was a Republican. Right. And very progressive. Right. So you've got it all backwards. And I almost wish people would just stay with, um, I, don't, I don't even know how you do, like the polar, I, I, I consider myself a progressive. Like I, I, all I want is progress. So if I see a solution, I don't care who has it. I want that solution mm-hmm. for the problem. Let's just move forward from this. We obviously have problems. Uh, most of them stem from greed in, in my you know, um, experience. Because people, how much is enough? If you have a billion dollars, what the hell do you do with it? I, how can I spend a billion dollars on I myself? I think people in the middle class fan, fancy themselves to be that guy someday so they don't want him harmed in some way. So like I I don't know like there I think there's people out there that are happy that Jeff Bezos is worth 145 billion dollars, and to me, it's it's uh, immoral. It's obscene. Obscene. There's something terribly wrong about that because and he's not paying any taxes. And he's not paying any taxes, and he's he's utilizing everything from that taxes pay for. So his entire workforce can read, write, and do arithmetic because mm-hmm. of public schools. Right. But he's paying for nothing to public schools. Right. He's got tens of thousands of trucks on the road putting potholes in the road, but he's paying nothing into the roads. He has factories that if, you know, bands of marauders came along, police forces would be needy. He pays nothing into the police force. So, like, you know, as a as a whole, he's got billions of dollars to be secured. The military's there to secure the country, and he pays nothing into the military. But people think that, that it's, I don't know, like, Go America, we've got more billionaires. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it. And then I like I like the model J.K. Rawlings presents where she made billions on Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And she and gave, gave it all away. She took herself off the billionaire list. Right? Yeah. Right. Which that's saying a big thing because if she had the other mindset, she could be a multi-billionaire, no oh, problem. And she like you she did do did your question. How much is enough? She decided. Exactly. Eight hundred million is enough. I don't need to be over the whatever she is. I don't need to be over that. I need to just start giving it away. And the Gateses are doing the same thing. I yeah. don't know how much well, they're keeping, but they, they're yeah. sure giving a lot away. They are, but the and I think the Gateses did that thing where they signed they signed some kind of a pack with a bunch of other billionaires to give away a certain portion mm-hmm. of their wealth when they die. Like they won't even keep it to begin with. Now if everybody would fall in line with that, then I could get on board with there not being the estate tax and stuff like that. But the problem is most of these people don't want anything to do with that pack. It's only the people that have so much money they know they'll never be right. hurting for it. But when I see, and that, that people don't understand, so we've got a shortage of teachers is, is, my, is, is where I'm going with all this. Yeah. There's a shortage of... And Hillcrest is going on strike pretty soon. Are they? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't mean that. I mean, they've been working with I mean, overall, yeah, but we, we have, have a shortage, shortage of yeah. good teachers because when I see adults that don't know shit, it drives me nuts. Like, 
and, and then the there problem, are a lot of them. There are a lot of us. The, the problem that I see with it too is it seems to be the people who don't know shit, they're the loudest talkers. They're the ones that want to the smug ignorance. Get that and and I don't know anything. They yeah. don't know right. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite. The ones that like are uh they're almost upset with smart people. Yeah. Right. They don't like smart people. And then the other one that drives me nuts is the people that collate intelligence and money. And I'm like, no, that's got nothing to do with it. Like, I mean, down a lot, of, can't a lot of money sentence. is inherited. Oh, inherited. And then there's some that's just dumb luck. Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a, a documentary on uh, Netflix years ago that had all, they followed all these lottery winners. Mm. And they were the most goofbally people ever. The one guy had won at that point. This was like, this has got to be like six, seven years ago, like when Netflix was new. And the guy won like some like 68, he won like the biggest lottery that ever, that ever was at the time. Now it's obscenely yeah. way over that. But he won like $70 million. That's still obscene. It's completely obscene. People don't understand or do math. That That's like a, a ludicrous amount of money. Um, he was like flying around in helicopters. He had a briefcase with his lunch in it. He had like, he, he was buying strip malls and all this. other like not like, he was going to go broke no matter how much money he yeah. had. But he knew nothing. He he was not. I, I'm positive. And didn't have any foresight. No, and he was. He has everything monetarily at his fingertips, and wasn't interested in learning anything either. If I and I don't really play the lottery, but if somehow I ran into a hundred million dollars, I would spend the rest of. I would first off give a lot of money away. Yeah. Secondly, a I would, whole lot of friends who need money. Right, but I would spend a lot of time learning things. I would hire people that knew, like I would find someone that was a astrophysicist and be like, all right, listen, all I want is six months of your time. And I want to learn, like, can you give me a basic knowledge of astrophysicist? You know, like, just mm -hmm. give me this. And, you know, I would just have class with them. I would definitely immerse myself into German speaking people so I could like fluently speak mm -hmm. German. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, a dude in a wheelchair, so there's things I can't do. But, like, if I looked at my sons, I told them, I go, listen, if you ever ran into some fabulous amount of money, like, learn how to shoot a bow. Learn how to sculpt. Learn how to oil paint. Learn how to learn how to do. There's all kinds of things that you can do and achieve and run a marathon, climb a mountain. Like, when you're done with life, what do you really have? You have the things you accomplished, the things you learned, and then the things that – all the things that you learn – are things that you can give to somebody else. Like it's 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 a commodity. Mm -hmm. The things that I learned, I was able to give to my sons. So a uh, couple of, about three weeks before I broke my neck, I was sitting in a bar with a buddy of mine, another contractor. And I was like, you know what sucks? And he goes, what? I go, there's nothing, nothing that I can't build. Like if someone said, hey, can you build this turret with a circular, you know, peaked roof mm -hmm. on it, all this other. And I'm like, yeah, I could build that. I could, I could, I could build anything like the I've been doing this. I was probably 20, I was 29 or I was 30 at the time. And I had been building since I was 18 years old, but like I had, I had mastered it. Like I, there's nothing that I couldn't do. And uh, I'm like, you know, I used to like to be challenged to do things. Like I like someone, I, I remember getting nervous when I first started out, like I had a lady with the, you know, gave me a room edition and I was like, Ooh, I haven't done one of those yet. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. I was only twenty three. I was like, I haven't, I've done, I've done them, but not, not on my own. 
and I'm going to do the foundation, everything. I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm still a little bit nervous. So at, at 30, there was no nervousness. About it. There was nothing anyone could hand me that wasn't like that. Now, three weeks later, I broke my neck and there was a challenge in every single aspect of my life. Yeah. But I didn't want that. That was not what I was saying. But I wish you'd taken on Illinois roads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I, I think that uh, like uh, when they have animals in the zoo, they can't just, you know, make a nice enclosure and then feed the animals. You have to give the animals things to you got to give the lion like a thing with a treat inside of it. And he has to figure out how to get the treat out. You got to stimulate your right, brain. Right. So these people that win the lottery, they just do stupid shit. They buy, you know, $450,000 cars, stupid houses and vacations and all this. Now, I'm not saying you can't do some of that, but you need to do some stuff where you can learn some stuff. And that's another reason I like to do the podcast because I get to have conversations with people about things that I don't know anything about. So it's my cheap way of getting my tutoring lesson for the for the couple hours. Uh, so yeah, right. So I mean, uh, that's that's what my sons, which I told them, you need to do. You would need to find somebody who, I mean, use your brain and think of new stuff to like figure out. I mean, that's something I keep trying to do. Right. You know, one of the wonderful things about being retired is I can do whatever I want, and I do pretty much. In Illinois, if you're over 65, you can pay a registration fee at any community college in the state, and your classes are free. I can't so, I know that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So you can go to any community college. Well, within your district. Within your district, and then it's free. Now, why isn't it that way for a 19-year-old kid? Because they want more diversity of age. I don't know why that's the way it is. Does that mean that but to senior, me it doesn't make any senior sense? Senior citizens me. are looked on as some kind of feeble-minded people, and we need to help them. And I take advantage of that shift all yeah, the right, time. Good, good. Do I get a senior discount? Oh yes. Good. Yeah, right. So I have way too much education. I was watching one of your podcasts yesterday or the day before about. How much college and do people need college? Yes, yes. Yeah. yes. So I was always going to go to college. Right. That, that was it. So sure. I got my got my bachelor's in four years. And then I had a graduate assistantship at Ohio University. And I never wrote a thesis. Okay. Because then I got a job at Lincoln Way and I went part time. So I had however many hours, 60 hours, 30 hours, whatever it takes, except for the thesis at right. Ohio U. Right. And I ended up at Governor's State taking the full amount of hours and the thesis and got my master's. Yeah, man. Right, right, right. And then it teachers, in order to advance on the salary schedule, keep taking classes. Okay. So I have my master's plus 45. Oh, good golly. Yeah, and right. then I retired. And I retired June 4th. And by June 30th, I was at Goddard College in Plainfield, Vermont, working on an MFA, a Master of Fine Arts, although... My son and daughter, chosen son and daughter, gave me a plaque when I graduated. It says William D. Mosher, MFA, motherfucking articulate. <laughs> anyway. Nice, nice. Yeah, so I have a, um, an MFA in creative writing. And when I turned 65, I started taking classes at Price State. Sure. So I have 41 hours. Right, 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 right. Which is close to being an associate's degree, I suspect. Right. Yeah. I don't, I'm not getting an associate's degree. I'm not. Don't now, want has one, there but, been a time in your life where you 
just like, I don't know, kind of got lazy and took time off and didn't do much of any kind of like thing like that. And if so, did you notice a difference in your brain, the way that you function in your daily life when you were and when you weren't? Okay, good question. There are semesters that I don't take classes because there's nothing I want to take. Sure. Or there's nothing offered. So I have mostly art classes at Prairie State. And a couple of I'm going to write that. I'm going to, you know, when I get old and forget stuff. And maybe I'm going to take some classes. Could, maybe could, disabled could free. people too. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Check absolutely. that out. Well, I, so the disabled thing, I know that they, uh, through a vocational program through the state, they like I, I could be a professional student. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to do that. Um, I could absolutely. My problem is life is real for me. And my situation, excuse me, is that I paid into workman's comp for my entire uh, company life. And then two months before I broke my neck, my ex-wife would have liked some responsibility with the business. And I gave her that responsibility. She signed me personally out of workman's comp. So I had no workman's comp the day I broke my neck. So when I thought I was going to get $4 million, that didn't happen. Mm. Um, in fact, I was uninsured. So bills, all that stuff. Um, when I got out of the hospital and could barely dress myself, because the way that the healthcare system is in this country, there you're in a. Once you get into the rehab center, you are in a hurry to get out of the rehab center. Like that, they pretty much give you a couple weeks, and then the insurance people are there and saying, "Hey, you yeah, got to get them out. Yeah, you got to get them out. You got to get them out." And I had uh, uh, the rehab institute of Chicago is the best, supposed to be the best rehab or hospital in the country or in the world. So I had interns from Australia, the Poland, the Ukraine, all kinds of places. Mm-hmm. There were these people that were bilingual. Uh, Australia, they just spoke with an accent. But uh, <laughs> uh, um, so anyways, uh, but they would explain to me how it was in their country. And You'd be amazed that even some of these like Poland and like poorer countries than than we, the one woman's like, oh no, you'd be in the rehab hospital for a year and a half. I was four months and they could not wait. And I mean, I was like, how did you survive financially? Oh, through the state, pretty much. Like you had to. uh, Well, so everything's a joke too. Like the healthcare system is so screwed up from front to back. I had one point two million dollars in hospital bills when I left. When that all gets negotiated. It's a completely different animal. Oh, You're yeah. talking about like four or five hundred thousand dollars worth. Like, it's still a hell of a lot. It's a it's a ton of a ton of money. Some some stuff we had to pay by liquidation, and in other ways we had to like pretty much file for aid, sort of thing. So I mean, there was nothing I could do. I'm a quadriplegic. I was self-employed, so I had no job at the time when I came out of there, which I guess sort of helps me because I don't make enough. I qualify for those things. Um, and then, you know, they, they pay off the bills and then, you know, then you're there to make money after that, which I had to do because I didn't have anything coming. So it was a situation where I was right away, I had to figure out how to take a shower, get dressed, and then find out what job I'm going to have. And then I went into the vocational programs and they said, you know, we'll pay for whatever college you want. And honestly, I was thinking at that time, like, I'm only 30. I think I'd like to get a law degree. I knew two guys that were in wheelchairs they were quadriplegic. Mm-hmm. They were lawyers, and they made a fine living as a lawyer. And I'm thinking I could do that. I'm intelligent enough to get that degree, but do I have the time? When I have my sons were a year and a half old. I had twins, 
and then my daughter was three. I didn't have time. I, I got to get out and make money right now. My ex-wife didn't work. And the funny thing was, was I'm like, I said something to her when I was in the rehab hospital. You may have to get a job for a little bit. She's like, I'm not getting a job. And I'm like, oh, okay. Then I better get myself back to work. Yeah, she was dead set against having a job. Uh, she never had a job when she, when she was married to me anyway. But and I, my situation was dire. Uh, I'm going to do some podcasts on the wheelchair stuff because people have misconceptions. I was 195 pounds, six feet tall. I could bench press 300 pounds. And I went into a medically induced coma for 21 days. I woke up 54 pounds lighter and I couldn't pick up my own arms. Like that's how much atrophy yeah. just, it just melts off of you. So when you're just laying on the and couch, it's always the muscles, never the fat. Right. I had a guy that was in the bed next to me. He was a like 300 pound fat guy. And I asked, how is he still this size? And I'm a skeleton. Mm-hmm. I look like I just got out of house switch. And they're like, it's just, you were completely lean. Like I was ripped. And it was all just gone. It was, I mean, I, I looked so unbelievably skinny. They The nurse lifted up my arm to like, you know, sponge bath kind of situation. And I had like a, what in the world? And my ex-wife was in there. She goes, yep, that's your arm. And I'm like, whoo. And I mean, I have worked real hard. I'm back to about like 185 pounds. I mean, I got some muscle on me. I'm in the gym all the time now. But it was a long road. I mean, it was when I first got home, I see pictures of me and I'm like, whoa, look how skinny and frail and everything you were. But I was dead set. I got to get back to work. So I took, it was like a quarter, it's only like a quarter's worth of, for the real estate broker's license, mm-hmm. the sales license. It's it's just night school for, you know, a couple months. And you got that. But then I went to Harper College and I took um, what's almost, I think it's a semester and it's a couple classes of for my like managing broker's license so i did that also and uh while i was doing that the state would pay for and uh, julia junior college required me to take other classes along with mm-hmm. it or something like that so i took uh some i took an english course i took a, a math class algebra class and then i took a, a psych class and then what else did i do i took a whole mess of classes i was a straight a student in college so like i should have been Once a better you Yes, yes, because it was important to me then. Yeah, then I was like, yeah. this is what I'm doing. And I also, I think I had the extra added uh, incentive that, like, I'm not going to be able to do this with my body anymore. A little desperation. Yes, I better use my brain. I better figure this shit out. But um, when I was in the hospital, I had the quad rugby people come to me. And they're like, uh, we heard you were an athlete and, you know, whatnot. We've got this sport. And they showed me videos of the sport and everything else. I'm like, that's great. He goes, you could come out, you could do this. And I'm like, I could, but I've got kids. So now it's going to be their time to do the sports. And I'm not going to like, I couldn't imagine my life. Just well, you like, have a responsibility. Yes, I got things. If I was yeah. single, okay, sure. But, you know, no. So like my whole thing was geared right towards how can I make as much money as possible, as fast as possible. And real estate was the way to do it, you know, in front of a computer. Um, now, I noticed that my, I felt like, my teachers were better in college. And JJC is probably not the greatest college to go to, but I felt like my teachers were far better teachers than I had when I was in high school and junior high. I had some pretty good ones in junior high, but I had some 
really struggled for the podcast. I had some poor teachers in high school. Like I was like, man, this guy's terrible. Like I don't understand anything. And when I say I don't understand, they don't hear it. And I know I'm a pain in the ass. Like I know I'm not like the best guy in the school here, but like I'm still trying to figure out what's going on. And you're like, well, you know, shut yeah. up, back it off. I'm yeah, like, you should have been in my class. Right, right, right. right. I probably would have gone further. Um, um, the last class I taught, the last year I taught, you know, the seventh period class, was the all boys junior felons remedial English. Not well. I see now. I was not, and that that was the best class because it's all boys, and I didn't have to watch my language too much. Right. Although I didn't drop f bombs, I tried not to say shit very often. <laughs> But I could say enough of this, right? And when they're when it's just boys, it's easier. Oh yeah, there's less distraction for the boys. Oh yeah, right. Sure. And and this is the way it is, and this is what we're doing. So shut up and do it. Right. Did you and, have success with those boys too? I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last, the last final, the last, the last class I had in my teaching career was these guys. We took the final. And at the end of the final, I said, okay, everybody get together. And I got up on the desk with my camera. So I'm going to take a picture. Everybody flipped me the bird. Right. Yeah, and sure. they did. I have that picture somewhere. No, no, and, okay. and a couple of years ago, I saw one of these kids. And I said his name. And he said, Mr. Mosher, give me a hug. Because I really loved my students. Yeah, right. 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 I mean, and hopefully – that's a situation where you could turn somebody around too. Where they well, I don't know that I turned anyone around, but I didn't make it a negative experience. Sure. Well, I see people all the time that say things like, uh, I'm no good at math um, and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true. I think that you felt that way. You told yourself that, and then you decided that you weren't going to be good at math. Um, as a carpenter, like my math skills are out of this world. I can figure pretty complicated you have math. To be really good at math. I, I mean, I definitely hanging from a rafter somewhere, figuring out something. And 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 my sons are in AP calculus, and I can out basic math them all the time. They're mm -hmm. like, wow, like and and it really just comes from it comes from carpentry Practical applications that make sense and have a necessity. Yes, and it, it bled into realizing that I was good like that. Like I could, I could add and, and multiply huge numbers together without pen and paper, without a calculator. I started to do math all the time. Another muscle in the brain, just flexing it. I would figure my mileage every time I got gas. Like I would look mm. at reset my trip, know me, mm -hmm. and then fill the tank and be like, all right, twenty-two point four gallons, and then do do the all the math right. on that. And then, like, constantly do math, do math. Now, I wonder now, I just bought a Subaru, and uh, it does it all for me all oh, yeah. the time. Yeah, my car does. Right. So now I don't do that math anymore in my head because it's right there on my dash constantly. And then you can change to see if it's accurate. Right. Everyone's got a supercomputer in their pocket. I, I feel like... Kids today are smarter than they were. They have more knowledge because they have more things that they can get knowledge from than in my day. Like, I mean, if you want to look something up, we had to get the Encyclopedia Britannica out and look it up. Now it's Wikipedia. Google, Google, Google. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, and 
my sons and I have these like fantastic conversations about like, I mean, and they're in uh, AP physics also like around our house. That's the big thing. Like when you came in, I was watching Neil deGrasse Tyson, like astrophysicists and all that, like all that stuff is super cool because I love tech stuff. Oh my gosh. I like, I do anything that is, I got the echo dot thing in the house. And like when I was at Best Buy today, I'm like, Hey, what am I missing? I go, I've got this, I've got this, I got a podcast, I got these cameras, I got I got all this other stuff. I got like killer internet. And uh like the kid was like, I don't I don't, you know, he didn't really know. But I'm like around the store for an hour. And I think right now the only thing I'm missing is literally having cameras everywhere. Like that's totally a feasible thing. You can buy a six pack of cameras and mount them everywhere around your house. And then on your phone, right. look watch. at every, watch everything at wherever you're at, which I thought was neat. And I'm not even a security guy. Like uh, I had a place in Manhattan, out in the country, six acres. If I was going to kill somebody, that's where to kill them because there's uh, no one around. Bury them. Nobody knows. No one know. But I never even locked the doors there. Now I lock my doors here because I have a neighbor who, you know, I'm sure he doesn't watch the podcast. I hope. I hope not. You might know who I'm talking about if I do. I was. The, probably a living here a month, pull it down, pull down the street, and he's waving me down, right? And I'm like, all right. So I roll the window down, and uh, he's got his hand on his ear, and he's talking to me about the FBI's in the area, and they're looking uh, for a guy and everything else. And I'm like, all right. And uh, he's like, I, I called my supervisor, and I'm looking at this guy, and there's no fucking way he's in the FBI. And at some point in the conversation, he put his hand down and looked the other way, and he had nothing. Nothing in his, in his ear. ear, yeah. I'm like, holy well, this shit. schizophrenia. Right. So now I lock the door because I don't want to find this guy naked in my house. But uh, Or even clothed. Right. I don't want to find him anyway. Uh, but so the tech stuff is awesome, but I wonder if they're looking at the right stuff because now I only have experienced my son's. I don't, I mean, I don't pay attention to what their kids are doing, but my guys are like looking at wrestling videos. They're looking, they're, they're kind of using it for what, it, and I'm sure they're doing chat stuff and porn and everything else. Yeah. And they're like, they're not supposed because to, they're, they're yeah. 18. They're still in adolescence. Yeah. Right. But after you almost, so I think I said it on the other podcast, I think there's a certain place we're going to get to where physical schools might not be a necessity. And all kinds of socialization just goes right to the shooter. That's for sure. Absolutely. I think you would People need to. People won't be able to get along with each other. Now, okay, how, how do you feel about homeschooling then? Because I, I have a couple of families that I know. Kids are off the charts smart. Homeschooling, I'm really ambivalent about. For a long time, the only people who homeschooled were the ones who didn't want their kids exposed to the evils of the world. Yeah, the and super religious and... Yeah, and um, they might meet somebody whose savior wasn't Jesus Christ, and yes, right, and all that. Right. And I consider myself a reasonably religious person, and I'm very active in my church. But that kind of shit's off the wall. And we're Episcopalian, so we use all the words. Right. Well, it is off the wall because, like, I I did a four year Bible study where it was like uh, homework and scripture, yeah. and, and I really did it uh, because I want to consider myself an educated person, so I want to know. What's in that book? And then when somebody what, – what I found really interesting was after four years of studying scripture and reading that book front to back and really 
uh, it's a biblical scholar uh, um, class. So like I learned about the culture. So like things like he took his shoes off it's before he history. entered the Right. It's he, culture. Right. But he took and his shoes off before he entered the tent. Poetry. And now I know and why. I believe it's not literal. And oh, you're gonna get shit about that. No, 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 right, right. Well, I don't believe it's I don't believe it's real. I think it's a thing that they wrote and it makes there's a lot of great philosophy in there, but I don't believe there's an invisible man in the sky that cares. And I don't because I've seen the terrible things that go on in the world. And if there's a little girl who's chained to a bed in somebody's shed and this old man's raping her on the regular. Yeah, they call it the IC or ICE. Yeah. Right. But I'm just saying that this goes on and she's been praying to God for, you know, years and years and years. And then there's also a football player who's like, make it look like. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. God doesn't give a shit God, about right. football as far as I'm concerned. Right. But he doesn't seem to give a shit about anything because millions of people get killed and and starve to death and all this other stuff happens and nobody ever, no hand ever comes down and, and saves the situation. So I look at it like it's a it's a terrific bunch of philosophy to have. I don't believe in the deity part of it, mm. and I don't think I don't know if I have I do, to. But right, right now that's and we can agree to disagree. Yes, yeah, and, I mean, I'm not. I'm and I never, hope you don't punch me because you're a much better fighter, obviously. You know, but I, it's, it has nothing to for me. It has nothing. I I don't wouldn't beget like any or you know begrudge anybody their beliefs however they yeah, want to. It yeah. doesn't hurt me, so it's it's all fine. And I even would like to, I'd love to get somebody who was super Christian, like really knowledgeable. My problem is most people that are super vocal are not that knowledgeable. They want to have an argument about things and they know, they know just enough to be dangerous, but they don't. A little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Yeah, yeah. You want to talk to my priest? Yeah, I should get a priest on. I was, I wanted to get, I wanted he's, to go all of them. I want to get a boost on. Jeremy, Episcopalian. Okay. Gay, has a wonderful husband. See now, there are there are Christian heads exploding just from what you just. That sounds good. Right, right, right. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, um, we had a new couple in church Sunday. Two guys, Frank and Scott, with their daughter Josephine. See, that's one of the announcements. I thought it was wonderful. Yes, it is wonderful. I don't understand. I showed them around. Here's the children's chapel. It's right in the church. She can play. And nobody's going to be bothered. And you can listen and kind of keep an eye on her at the same time. No, right. And Father Jeremy preaches sermons that I'll be sitting there and there are tears running down my face. I'm thinking, oh my goodness, what happened? Right, right, right. No, I, and I, I rate his. Put me up with him. Uh, I'll yeah. definitely talk to him and get yeah, him I, I will. I, I rate his sermons frequently on a scale of one to five boots. Oh, kick ass. And I tell him. Yeah, father, you got five boots on. Today. There was a guy that he gave, laughs. He's he's great. There guy. was a great speaker that gave the lectures for this uh, class I took, and his name is Bill Moore. Uh, he's a fabulously uh, successful man. He owns Packmore Foods, and uh, or Packmore Food Packing, whatever it is. Yeah. But um, he was a gifted, gifted speaker. Oh my gosh! Like I mean, you really got it, and I enjoyed the people there i enjoyed and I, I don't i'm not atheist uh i'm an agnostic mm. i'm just someone who i just don't i haven't seen any empirical evidence that says that this exists so i just oh, faith dude i know i know that's exactly believing in something that doesn't exist but you know i then if you say that then i can have faith in santa claus if i want to i'll never see him but i can have faith like that 
to me, it just, it, 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 maybe at this point in my life, it just suspends critical thinking skills for too long of a period for me. I can't um, do it. After our son died. Yes. Well, there's no, right. And a lot of people expect me because of the injury to be more, but I was actually less. I was a little more like, hey, man, mm. what's up with this paralyzed shit? Yeah, well. Same. Right. I never stopped believing, but I sure did a lot of yelling at God. Yeah, right, right. I couldn't you know, I totally imagine. But one of, one of the things the church keeps saying is you find the Christ in other people. And I think you need to find the Christ in yourself. But when, when my son died, so many people rallied around us. So many people brought food. I don't think we went to the grocery store for So many people held our hands and yeah. wept with us. And that happened not just for the first month, but time after time after time. Sure. I don't know if you remember Tim Riley, who taught English at Lincoln Way. No, he, he also was a wrestling coach, as I recall. Wrestling? Football? I can't remember. Anyway, I would come in. I remember one day I got this phone call from the ambulance service. They were sending me to collections. Well, I'd never received a bill sure. and the insurance would have taken care of it anyway. And I hung up on them and turned around and he was standing there. I ruined more of his shirts crying before school started. Yeah. They were nicely ironed and sure, sure, and sure. he went to class looking wrinkled day right, after right. day no. after day. I, I my buddy uh Hank uh um he lost his son to the opioid epidemic. Mm. He, he overdosed. And there is probably not a week that goes by, you know, and I, I mean, I've, I've called him and text him and stuff like that just to say I'm there, man, anytime, yeah. but there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about this guy. And, his, and I didn't really know his, that son, the other son I had met through construction work mm-hmm. a little bit, but I didn't know the, the, the Henry, Hank Jr. That, that had passed and him and his wife, like I, I, there's not a week that goes by that I don't think about him for, for sure. And I mean, if there's anything that I could do for him or anything like that, you know, I'm there for for sure. I don't know if I find that to be a religious thing for me, though. Like, I just find it to be like I care about him. I don't find it to be like I don't well, I see Christ in that. As far as uh, like you said, find this Christ in yourself or something like that. I I don't find. I found that going. It's my, part of empathy, if nothing else. Yes, and right, I, right, I think right. empathy is a huge part of religion. I, I took it as. Oh, see now, why are <laughs> maybe my but my, my cross points are not necessarily your no, right, but I don't know. Maybe my experiences with some very religious people are they're lacking hugely in empathy. Like the, but you, you are at a different kind of church because, like the the Catholic church that I grew up in, and then they went to uh, we switched to like uh, uh, Parkview, which is a. Um, I don't know, more modern. Mall church. Yeah, right. Well, I don't know what, what it is, really. It's like, you know, they're playing rock and roll music yeah. and, and, and all that nonsense. But it is nonsense. Listen, rock and I love music. And I've had, like, a bunch of artists on here and stuff like that. Rock and roll music is about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It is about fucking and all that other stuff. And they're taking that same beat and putting it behind We Love G. And it makes no goddamn sense. I'm sorry. I'm like... You know, Don't like, be sorry. I, I, I agree. It just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, you're almost like you're like you might as well just put like uh, the sexy leg lamp and put Jesus. Like it makes no sense. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so but so maybe my experience 
is with the wrong Christians as far as that goes because I see so many Christians that don't have tolerance for homosexuals. They don't have tolerance for people that are transgender. They don't have – now, I don't understand any of that. You know what I mean? Like, to, 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 like you're supposed well, to be the tolerance people. My idea of God is God is love. That's all you need to know. Right. But my experience with the Catholic religion is some of the most Catholic people in the world want to punch the guy in the head constantly to get the point. Like, makes it just, yeah. And screw the ultra boys. And screw, well, yeah, that too. Holy cow. Like, that, if that doesn't turn you off, that you've got an entire religion of pedophilia, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, run or Because run they're ride. so damn repressed. You know that right. piston. You keep pushing; it's going to explode somewhere. Right. I know. It's, it's so, so, or you so squeeze it's, that balloon; it's going to pop. And my walk has been different as far as when I was going to that class. I wanted to believe. I really did. I wanted to be involved in that, and I wanted to believe in it. And then I just got away from it, and I I just haven't gone back. Maybe at some point in my life, I'll revisit that that situation and think about it again. Uh, but. Let's get back to the, the the teacher thing. And then now you've retired and I've noticed I'm, I'm terrible on social media. I am kind of a drive-by social media guy. I'll post stuff, wait for the fight to ensue, and then I come back to it, yeah, get yeah. some laughs, add my parts and stuff like that, and then I leave. I am really bad at the part that I guess is really addictive for everyone else is the news feed. So people, I guess, get on their phone and just – We'll sit I don't forever. understand that either. No, I have a language thing, and I'll just get on there and do German instead. It's not like a game. But like, my wife is, is getting deafer and deafer. Her hearing aids are not nearly as effective as we'd like. There's an American Sign Language website that I get on. Now, I thought they were making big strides as far as the hearing aid stuff went. I thought the technology was coming along pretty good with that. Like well, you said, $10,000 in here. Is that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, and it's Bluetooth. What they do is they've added all this extra shit, so they cost a whole lot more, but all they do is amplify. Or they'll tune you into the television. You can be in the kitchen and hear the television. Well, she doesn't want to hear the goddamn television. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. Yeah. And I stopped watching the news because she hates Trump so much, she swears so loud, that I can't hear the news. I have to keep backing it up. What do you say? Are, Wait, what do you say about that? I really hate that guy. Yeah, well, I'm... I'm not a fan, but at this point, I've decided my blood pressure is down because I just ignore it all. Yeah, I don't spend much time. And, and this whole idea of as soon as you're elected, you start campaigning for the next election drives me out of my mind. Well, In Europe, they've got, what, 30 or 45 days? Yeah, I didn't like it before when they would go, like, you had a four-year term, and then two years in, you started campaigning. Yeah, now it's four years in. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, and, the day he was inaugurated, he filed for re-election. He filed for re-election. Holy oh, shit. Say, Two weeks later, he was at one of those Nuremberg rallies where he's got the people all <laughs> yeah. frothing at the mouth and lock her up. And I mean, it is it, it, honestly, if you are still yelling, lock her up. What the hell is wrong? She hasn't been in the public eye for a long time now. Right. How is she? So Besides that, she's been through everything, and she showed up to testify and everything else too. But my thing with with the the Trump stuff is it is the most ironic presidency that ever was. They said lock her up, but a lot of his cronies are all locked up. He, if he wasn't president, he'd and probably Betsy be. Betsy DeVos ought to be. Right, right. Oh, that's a 
then that speaking of education yes she's secretary awful of she's education yeah right so secretary of ignorance she's never been in a public school in her life like she's never spent no. any time um her ideas they're off the track. If someone would have written down, it has to do with how much money can she make or her company make. Yes. Forget about anyone else. Right. Well, when they came out with the defund the Special Olympics, yeah. that was the red line that people were like, wait a minute, be out of your mind. You can't defund. They were going to take $80 million away from these mentally retarded children to get the one thing that they got to look forward to. Right. 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 Hey, Knucklehead, come here. <laughs> this is this is the reason that you're not in here usually, trying to they, uh, down, experiment dude. with the with the whole Thank dog you. thing. Yeah, chill, we. Uh, but uh, um, uh, so yeah, no, DeVos, like, uh, but it was like it was like he put people in agencies where they already had special interests and could line their own fucking pockets. They could do that, and then they also had like a, an objective to ruin that thing. Exactly. They put a guy in charge of the EPA who was a climate denier. They put this woman who's never been in a public school in her life in charge of public schools. They, they put, I don't think there should be an education secretary to start out with. No? No. Education's local, not national. Oh, sure, sure, not sure, national. sure. Right, right, right. Mm. Well, yeah, she's been a nightmare the whole way through as far as that goes. I mean, uh, you know, the... Yeah, the defunding the Special Olympics. I was like, no, not look at now. Someone's got to get upset about this. Like, this has got to trigger something. The whole thing is. Why been, are the farmers? Well, I'm going to suffer, but he's my president. Well, and then the the funny thing was, we're finding out now too. The farmers, though, he did that 13 billion dollar yeah. bailout for the farmers. That's going to the big corporation. Yeah, that's not going to local regular farmers. farmers aren't even going to get it. And they're like, I know, I know. Six different people that I sat down and talked with after they did their taxes that first year that were Trump supporters, that their taxes went up. And they were like, I'm like, so, like, I, I don't care. We live in Illinois. So your vote, if you're a guy voting for Trump, doesn't really matter. No. Like, he's not going to win. So it doesn't matter. Not in Illinois. But, right. So if I'm sitting down having beers, I can unemotionally say, so does that change your feelings? Absolutely not. They're going to 100%. And I go, he actually took money from you so he could give wealthy people trillions of dollars yeah, in tax cuts, yeah. and you are still going to vote for that. I mean, the other lady, the evil lady in the pantsuit, she would have not done that to you, but like, like she's still evil. Yeah. And then there, and she there, really dodged the bullet by not getting elected. He, this Senate? She did that, and she also uh, – so – Okay, so the, the next election coming up, the Democrats drive me kind of just as crazy. I'm not a Democrat uh, in any way, but the Democrats are – I the, refuse the, to have anything. I won't watch any of that shit. Well, they're the lovable a month losers. Before, month before the primaries, I'll do some investigation. Sure. And then I'm going to ignore it until a month before the election, and I'll make up my mind. Right. I'm, I'm just, not voting for Trump. That's, okay. I just recently made up my mind in the primary. I'm like, I'm, I'm on a guy, and that's where I'm going to be uh, – and it's Sanders. That that's my guy. Uh, He's way too old. I know. I agree. He's right. older than I am, and I am certainly not energetic. Yep. I agree. Enough. I agree. My problem is uh, it's the primary, and I don't have even the other progressive choice, which is Elizabeth Warren. She's just as old. 
She's, like yeah, three she's younger old. than I am by four years. Uh, I thought she's she was, older than I am by four years. Oh, so they're eight years different. Yeah. I that still think, makes a huge difference. I do, but I still think they're both too old. Exactly. And so is, so is Biden. Right. Biden is, oh my God. And, and the thing is, is one person's 80 is a different 80 for everyone. Exactly. Biden is but, old, like 77 or whatever he is. Yeah. He's, he's not a young man at all. And he's not a young man mentally. Like when he's I don't talking, think so. Right. So, and I think, I'm not sure Bernie is either. Oh, and he's had a heart attack. Well, he's had the heart attack and he has the, and I haven't followed it recently, but sure. he has the same talking points over and over yes, and over. Absolutely. But that's one of the, see, that's one of the attractions for me to him is that he's been talking these same talking points for 30 years now. He's the real deal as far as he's walking the same walk that he's been walking. He isn't, but he isn't but you, ask, you ask him about red or blue, and he'll talk about college education should be free. Yes. So he's right. he's not he's not talking about red or blue. He doesn't answer the question. Sure, sure. When, sure, when sure, I taught sure. high school, the thing I talked to my students about over and over and over again, read the question and then answer the question asked. Yes, sure. And politicians don't no, do politicians that. politicians are right. Really, well, my thing is, is that when I look at the other the rest of the field, um, I want somebody intelligent. I like Andrew Yang. Like to listen to that guy talk. Mm-hmm. I like like what he has to say. When he, uh, from what I've seen of him, he seems very emotionless. But as I said, I haven't watched. Right. Well, much. Andrew Yang's thing was that thousand dollars a month, which at first I was like, this is absolutely stupid. But I listened to a two-hour podcast where he explains exactly why and how and also two thousand dollars or a thousand dollars a month for what? Uh, it's a universal basic income. You want to oh, okay. Um, Twelve thousand dollars a year get you shit. That will well, pay for housing, right? It won't, and it's not meant to support anybody. It's meant to replace the welfare system that's out there because the welfare system mm. that's out there is a trap. So if you earn under $23,000 a year, you can qualify for welfare. But the minute you earn 24, you, you're disqualified from that. And now you're if you're a disabled person, your Social Security starts to get taxed at $24,000. So the way that it's set up, if you have someone that, that works at Burger King and the, the person says, the manager says, hey, you know, we're going to give you a raise. You're going to make $3,000 a year more. You make $23,000 a year. They're like, no, 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 no. I don't want the raise and I don't want any more hours because if I go up this much, you give me $3,000 more to work the hours, I'm going to lose $8,000 in my benefits. So it's a trap. They can't come out of there until they can get this huge step up, which nobody offers them that ever. So then they're in this spot where if you took the universal basic income, every single person gets it. So nobody can complain that you're getting something that I'm not getting. You're cheating. This, mm-hmm. any, you get it no matter what, and you can earn the more out. You can you can work the more. You can take that manager's job. You can work your way up the ladder mm-hmm. to get to the next spot, and then you know be a more productive piece of society. Um, with the way that the welfare is set up, if you worked at Burger King and you made twenty thousand dollars a year, but you had enough time to go get a job at McDonald's and make another twenty thousand dollars a year, now you're going to lose your welfare there too. You would keep the universal basic income, but you'd still be, you'd pay more taxes into everything mm-hmm. too. It, honestly, by the math that this guy does math, it works out better to do it this way than it does the system, the archaic system that we have. So at first I was like, you're just going to create all these lazy people, but he really just kind of levels the playing field. Right. You know what I mean? Sort of thing. And then 
he that will put me back to you. He says that listen, if you have a job where you you have a choice to work forty hours a week and you can make thirty five thousand dollars a year, or you can work sixty hours a week, work your entire life away, and you can make another twelve thousand dollars. Now you might have the choice where you could say, no, my wife and I both are going to collect twelve thousand because it's, it's per person, twelve thousand dollars each. We're both going to only work our forty hours. Then we can take time to do painting and to you. You have write you, a novel. Write a novel. Take a class. Take right. Take a class. Maybe better yourself because you have this buffer. Watch Netflix. Watch Netflix. Hey, if that's what you choose to do, yeah, that's what you yeah. choose to do. I would opt for the other, like you said. Take a class. Like you can, you know, maybe you're working a job that you make fifty thousand dollars a year. You get this other twelve thousand dollars on top. You get sixty-two thousand dollars. You take some classes, and four years from now. Your base salary is seventy five thousand exactly. dollars, sort of thing. So, if you can help, like I said, I'm a progressive. If I can find a solution to move forward, then I like that too. Andrew Yang's a young man. He's a uh, entrepreneur. He's actually, you know, an actual businessman, not a fake one like the guy that's in office now. Um, so, like, I like him also, uh, and he's getting some traction because some people are listening to what he's got to say. But outside of that, I am tired of hearing. Democrats say things like, we can't afford this, we can't afford that. We can always afford tanks, jets, and bombs, but we can never afford more education, which I think the country needs. We can never afford health care, which every other first world country does it the other way, and we don't do it that way. So I don't want to hear that the wealthiest country on the planet can't provide health care for its citizens, but Germany can, but Denmark can, but Sweden can, but like it doesn't that, that Canada can. Like Italy, Cuba, Greece, yeah, Cuba. I mean, right. yeah. They all can do it, but we can't. And we have far more money per capita than these people do. And we own these billionaires. Well, I should say they own us. I mean, $145 billion is what Bezos is worth. Now, I am such a progressive that I think that guy should be on a tax plan that makes it almost impossible to, for him to have that money until – we have no more homeless vets. We have no more homeless people. We don't have a mental health crisis in the country. There are no more starving children. Once all that's taken care of, then Jeff Bezos can have all the money that he wants to. I don't care. And he will because everything that you do, he owns. I mean, if I start talking about a new pair of shoes, then I see ads for a new pair of shoes because the – On social dad, media because – Yes. Oh, if I talk – I think if I – Because – It's listening. Alexa right. has heard you. Yeah. Right, right. So – Alexa always hears me unless I ask for something specific and then she can't figure it out. Right. This right. morning I said, Alexa, play Heinrich Goreski. Oh, play it. No, she, it didn't. Okay, she, good, good, good. Uh, but, she couldn't figure it out. Right, right. So then I asked her to play Piazzolla because I was painting and I want instrumental music. Sure. And she, she found somebody, some rock star playing pizza. Yeah, she definitely screws yeah. stuff up with that stuff for sure. I mean, I've done, I think it's only in that in that genre of stuff too, because when I first got it, I spent three weeks and I thought the angle to stump it was going to be, and I don't have a, a knowledge of that music enough to even ask for it, but I thought the punk angle was going to be the angle. Like I was going to find some obscure, no. it found all that for yeah. me, like no problem. No, Piazzolla is the Argentine tango king. Okay. Who's the, uh, who's the woman, uh, oh, Edith Piaf. Yeah, Piaf. I like that. Like, I, I listened to some of her stuff, and then I watched the movie that there was mm -hmm. a, a movie about Love her. Life. Yes, yes. And 
interesting life, married to the boxer and mm-hmm. all the other stuff. Like, I mean, just a tragic love fair, the whole, oh, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. And that her opera singing was like right along with it as, as far as that went. Like it was, it was exactly what it was supposed to be. So no, it's, it's interesting to expand your horizons on that stuff. My musical tastes are eclectic to say the least. Like I love me some Dean Martin. And then I also love me some sex pistols and, you know, it's as far one way as they could go yeah, the other way. Yeah. Uh, I listen to Tom Waits. Tom Waits, sure, sure. Yeah. Cleo Lane. Now, Tom Waits for me is a an acquired taste. I don't listen to Tom Waits right off the bat and like it, but like mm. the fourth or five, fifth time I hear the thing, I'm like, I like that. that, that yeah, I get it. I, now. I love Tom Waits. Right. Cleo Lane, who's I think just turned 90 or 92, British oh. jazz singer. Cassandra Wilson, whom I love. Right. And and the classics. She doesn't do the classics. I'll say, play Madame Butterfly. I'll get not the opera, but the overture. Right, right. Yeah, I don't know how you may if you gotta go because there are some things that I'll I'll say that I want and it plays some live. I'm like, I don't I don't want that. I want like I, I have to you know stipulate that I want the studio version or album version yeah, yeah. or something like that, and then I get that. Um and I mean, I have some albums that I really liked growing up too. So I know like what album that, you know, this Tom Petty song came off of Wildflowers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, uh, but, okay, so the retiring thing and the art, I think it's super neat. I, I, I see I some of the studio. I yep. paint every day. I notice on the way down, I have a little bit of paint, paint on my hand. Sure, and sure. I took a shower and I washed it. Right. But still. So now what, okay, so... With the, is it just painting, or do you do anything else? Do you do any sculpting? Or I don't do any sculpting. No, okay. Uh, no, I have my hands get really dry, and they're cracked right now, but they crack really easy. When well, I paint, I wear rubber. Uh, do you have an art uh, history? Do is there any kind of uh, like education that you've had for art? Um, the thirty some hours at Prairie State, I had okay. an art class in high school. Right. I wanted to major in art, and my parents said absolutely not. So I majored in English. When you wanted to major in art, what was the, the parents said no? But what was the what was your plan to you be a graphic artist or? Oh, absolutely no! I was going to be an artist. Artist. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't have that. a plan. No, I was seventeen when I started college. So that, I had no that, plan. That is some of the stuff that uh, we didn't really t- touch on it that much when I had the college. Uh, the guy and her talking about not getting a college degree, but that is some of my issue with. My sons get letters all the time, and they get some letters from like liberal arts colleges and stuff like that, and they want to be engineers. And I'm like, if you don't have an engineering program, then they're not going to go to that school. But, you know, they want them for wrestling. And, I, you know, my thing is, is listen, they need an engineer. Unless they're going to be Hulk Hogan. Right. Wrestling is going to be secondary oh, in God. their life. Oh, God, wrestling is like fourth, fifth, sixth thing. Yeah. Like, no, and even my sons are not like uh, – I asked them uh, this year, I was like, I go, do you have any thoughts of having, like, either of you ever think of, like, wrestling as, like, something you want to, like, pursue beyond? Like, I mean, like, coaching. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's got to be some money and stuff like that. And they're like, absolutely not. I go, so neither. And I, I, they know that when I ask them questions, I'm not looking for the answer that I want. I'm looking yeah, for their yeah. answer. Uh, so I'm like, so neither of you ever thought maybe you'd want to be a teacher and then be the coach of the wrestling team? They're like, no. No, um, not teaching even. is a really terrible thing to get into now. Oh yeah, well, because so, they give you a script if you're not on the right page on the right day. 
you're screwed. I now YouTube has got so much stuff. I mean, uh, this is episode forty for me, and they're mostly about two hours long. So like, I've got eighty hours mm-hmm. of stuff that's up there, and then I've got a bunch of other like just small videos and stuff like that that are on there too. Uh, they say something like in one day of YouTube uploads, it would take you like two years to watch everything consistently for one day mm-hmm. that that's uploaded. Um, they're saying that there's enough information. If it could be weeded through to find out what was credible, factual and mm-hmm. stuff like that, that you could get more education from watching YouTube than you could from a college degree. What do you think about like that's what I'm saying? Like someday, I think a, a public library is a unless it's an area that there's not enough, like you, you have no no resources that there's a place where a kid can't get a book. A public library is almost a waste of money, and I feel like it's a complete waste of money in New Lenox. You've got aren't there an awful lot of latchkey kids who end up at the library? Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like those, but um, and that's a really important function. Did you see the cost? I want to say it was like six million dollars was the cost of the library, and then the like to put everything in the library mm-hmm. and everything else. For that kind of money, you could have issued everybody in New Lenox uh, a brand new iPad every two years with every single book available on the iPad. And in the meantime, the kids are out stealing her. Well, I, I would I would argue that the crime rates have gone down, 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 and most of it is because most kids nowadays are living their entire life on um, Snapchat and this. My my son's lives are is that so, a good thing. I, I, it certainly keeps them out of trouble. There were definitely uh, more than twenty nights of my life that I'm surprised I made it home. Uh, hmm. We we used to do crazy shit. We I mean we would go out looking for a party. If we couldn't find one, we had a guy that would hook us up with a keg. I would put the keg in the back of my pickup truck. We would find a, we would just find a desolate road, get a hold of everyone we knew, and we'd meet them out on that road, and we would road load. We would just drink the entire keg gone on the road. And guess what? Everybody's leaving here in a car. Oh, yeah. Driving the yeah. fuck out of here. So, like, there were nights where we, we definitely didn't, like, I'm positive. I don't know how the hell I made it home. But my sons will spend the entire night chatting with their friends, blah, 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 doing whatever goes on like this, all on their phone. Uh, they're, they're all, you know, I, my sons don't play a lot of video games, but like a lot of them are living, playing video games and stuff like that. I don't know. I, I used to think that this was a terrible thing, along with the video games was a dumb thing to do. But there's a kid that just this year made like $3 million playing video games as a gamer. One kid. Oh no, um, no, no. That's like saying my kid's gonna be a pro football player. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean now there's a that that's today there's a career playing video games where a guy's making millions of dollars. I don't know what it's like lower level if there's someone out there that can make a hundred thousand dollars playing video games, but there's definitely jobs in designing those video games, making those video games, all, all that kind of stuff is all there. It's a it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And if you look at the crime rates since this thing has gone on, it's gone down, 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 down with that. I think it's – you'll see the crime rate go down if we have a terrible winter, right? Cause yeah, because then everybody's stuck inside. Stuck inside. Yeah. They don't go do that. They don't go kill people. And the hotter um, it is, the more people are outside. The, right, yeah, right. So I know me and my friends – I mean, you know, you said that you had a class with a bunch of felons. I was a they were both state and federal. Right. I was a uh I was for sure a felon. I I don't think I did anything You're like that. You're not a felon unless you get arrested. Right. That's where I was going. 
I was a non-designated, you know, <laughs> uh, I did things wrong. Like I got in trouble. I mean, I'm telling you, we, we there, we had a hair, hair on my ass about fighting. And I really did. I lost friends. Or I had friends of mine that I really like, and one guy I like ran into like three months. I hadn't heard from the guy who ghosted me completely. And there wasn't even ghosting back then. But I'm like, Hey man, what's the deal? What's your problem? What, we're, like we were best friends. Where, where have you? He goes, I just can't because I can't hang out with you anymore. I'm like, why? And he goes, you're just fighting all the time. And I was, for me, it was fun. We were just having a good time. And it was a thing to do, but we were spending a lot of time running from the police too. Like I would go in, and the thing was, is we would go into a bar and play pool. Some of us give us some lip. We'd get into it with them. And then the idea really wasn't to fight these guys. It was to fight the whole group of bouncers because they were really big guys. Like that's what, <laughs> that's what we wanted. We wanted those guys. So, uh, we, you know, we would get into whatever, and then when they would get after us, we would get after them, and then the whole thing ensued. But then the cops were coming, and we were, like, hiding under cars. And, like, there was a couple weekends where I had the orange toast. Yeah, you got to learn when you pull into the driveway and turn off the engine to take your foot off right. the brake I so was, the lights aren't showing. I was looking for trouble, but I was never looking for, like, criminal trouble where I was, like, stealing anything or, like, you know, vandalizing or anything like that. But uh, it was really I was just looking for my kicks. My sons are 18 years old. They've never been in a fight with anyone except for each other they have twins so they fight each other rather than the regular i i would suggest that has to do with exercise i think dogs and kids yeah, need exercise I, I think you're and right. your your sons yep. are constantly working out and wrestling and training yep. and that sure. takes care of that right i hope so that was the whole, that was really the idea behind it was they're going to do this and it's going to occupy so much of their time that i'm not going to let yeah. that happen i didn't want that but I see that um, my sons have never had, and maybe it's because of wrestling too, but they've never had a bully. And I had numerous bullies growing up as a kid. Like I had the whole thing where I was like in second grade, first or second grade, and the like fifth grader kid like pulled your pants down and took your pants, like whatever, like, yeah, yeah. some embarrassing crap that they did That's to you. That's why my son got into wrestling. Why we got him into wrestling. Was the bully thing. The right. bully thing. Right. right. And once he was a wrestler and – punch the first kid in the nose on the bus on the way to school, that was the end of it. Sure. Now, you weren't a wrestler, right? No. No. And, I don't have a sports gene. Right. Yeah, you said that. You said that. Uh, so, but even though you didn't have a sports gene, could you see the value of the wrestling? Like, did you see a confidence oh, in sure. your son? Oh, yeah. Was, right. Same with me. And I tried the to... Way, the way he carried himself. Yep, absolutely. That was the whole thing. And when, when he stopped wrestling as a junior... His life changed in a whole lot of not real positive ways. Sure. Although he he got into college, uh, they told him he had to maintain a B average in order to keep his scholarship, and he thought that meant high school, so he studied harder. And I did not explain that to yeah, him. Didn't give right. um, he was a really good kid in so many ways, mm -hmm. but after the wrestling, he yeah he Time. followed my parents and started smoking and you know, that kind of shit. Um, I try to explain that to, like the wrestling thing. I, I I played football. I played hockey. I, um, you know, I, I mean, I, I don't know what else. I played baseball. I played all kinds of sports. The wrestling thing is such a discipline and such a thing. Other sports parents don't get it. They just think no. like that's the choice that you made was that one sport. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. And I, I don't want it to sound. Like bad, like my sons are good kids. They're good people. They try and be good to other people. Like I've tried to instill, like, 
listen, you're ever going to own a business. Someday you're going to like be hurting for money. Some guy's going to walk in the door. If you're an asshole, he's going to look at you and go, oh, you're that ass. I'm, I'm the yeah. hell out of here. Yeah. I'm not buying tires from you. So, uh, so then I try and make sure they're good people, but they still have a tendency to look down their nose at any other sport. If he's a soccer player, he's a soccer player. If he's a yeah, my son played soccer. Right. I mean, not, I'm not saying anything. There was a girl that. on the team who was a Zen soccer player. She never looked at the ball, but she always knew where it was. She was amazing. That's wild. That's wild. But my guys look at every other sport like it's below wrestling. Uh-huh. Right? And I, at a certain level, agree with them because. You can be a football player. You can be any weight you want to be. You can eat whatever you want to eat. You can do it. You can be – my best friend was the best football player I was ever around. He had 1,000 yards rushing in six games. He was completely undisciplined as far as anything went. He just was a animal when he got on the field, and that was good enough. He was also a wrestler, and he got his ass handed to him by better wrestlers. Yeah. Because they were better at it. Now, I doubt they were stronger than this guy. I doubt they were tougher than this guy. Now, I used to gauge toughness on... Worked at it, had better skills. Better skills, better technique. More experience. It's, yeah. it's a chess game. You're playing yeah. this thing to be... It's a smart person's sport. So, um, uh, but th- this guy... I gauge a guy's toughness by... Um, could you get into a fight, lose the fight, and then still want to fight? So like everyone has that fight or flight thing, right? <laughs> now I was at a at a party and I got into a guy and I'm he, a complete wuss. Right. He, <laughs> I can't he, be your friend, sorry. Got, no, 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 no. Like guys that were not tough, they were my friends. But uh I got into it with a guy and that uh, he got the better of me, right? So I went over, had a beer, talked, cleaned up a little bit, and I was like, all right. I went back up to him, like, hey man. I go, uh, you know, I know we went and stuff, and you know, you got me. But uh, can we go again? And uh he was like, yeah. So we went again, and I got him. And to me, that was tough because I didn't get deterred by what had happened. I felt yeah, like I could yeah. get him. And this guy, this buddy of mine, he was the same way. He would just—he was a tough, tough, tough guy. And uh, but wrestling-wise, he just—you know—he wasn't—he didn't have it as far as that went. Yeah. Um, but can you apply those attitudes, skills, maybe to other things? So you're 45 years old. And the guy comes in, and you can't sell him a car, but he comes in again, and maybe you try it again. Yeah, you know, I apply that those, to I apply that to everything about yeah. being a quadriplegic. Everything about being a quadriplegic is my. I had uh, um, fallen out of my chair. I was probably only about paralyzed a year, and uh, I think I had a pair of sweatpants on and a t-shirt. I oh, and a pair of sandals. I fell out of the chair, and I was like, all right. I can make a phone call, grab my cell phone at the time, call somebody. They can help me back onto the bed or onto the couch. Or I can see what I can do to, you know, solve this situation. Mm-hmm. So my my solution was that, all right, I, there was a couch in the room. What I was going to do was I was going to take, and I mean, I was frail, like skinny guy yeah. at the time. I was going to take the cushions off of the couch, get myself onto the cushions, then get myself onto the couch that had no cushions, then get the cushion back on there, get onto the cushion, put the cushions back, and then get back in the chair. I fell out of the chair on the other side of the room. I drove myself, army crawled, crossed the room, got over there, got the cushions off. Three hours later, I'm sitting on the couch with on top of the cushions with the cushions back on the couch. 
Then I realized sweating like a stuck pig. Uh, you don't sweat when you're quadriplegic. So oh, no, hot, okay. hot, but not sweating. Okay. You don't realize. I didn't realize till I was on, had it all done. That I just here. Chairs over chairs there. Chairs over there. I forgot yeah. the chair. So I had to throw myself back on the floor again, crawl back over there, get the chair, drag it over to the couch. Why didn't you throw the cushions across? I don't know. I don't know. I just threw myself down. Boom. Crawled. Got the chair. Now, on my way back with the chair, I realized that I had lost a shoe and my toenail got caught in the Berber carpeting and I ripped the toenail off of my foot. Into quick. Yes. All the way off. Gone. The toenail's there. Blood everywhere. I'm like, oh, that's good. Berbers are always white. Right. Right. So got the chair back, do the whole thing again. Now I'm better at it. I probably got it all done in about an hour and 10 minutes because I you know, systematically mm-hmm. figured it out. And I got in the chair, got the sandal, got it back on, bandaged up the foot. But so that was for me, that was, you know, like everything's and about. it only took a day and a half. Yep, took all day. But from then on in, I figured out ways to do it, and I got better at it. Um, same thing but now. But you still have your phone if you need it. I, oh, yeah, if I, if I totally did something where I read a 300-pound chair on my ass, I'm going to call it something. But, so, yes, I mean, everything was like that. I'm going to determine to do this. Um, Even in the real estate business that I'm in, I get a lot of setbacks. I get people that I talk to them. They, like, realize that I know what I'm talking about. But then when I go for the sales appointment, they're like, I tell them before, like, right before, and I'm like, hey, I'm a guy in a wheelchair. I tell them the story. I've been in the housing industry forever. I can do this job. Here's my, you know, history of doing this Mm -hmm. job. And there are still people who are like, no, I'm sorry. I can't trust you with my biggest asset. I know. Some people look at me like like – It's a, not your brain that's damaged. Nope. That, well, I've also had people ask me if I do the special Olympics. I'm like, no, that's for mentally ill people. Not for, I'm handicapped. It's not, for younger people, isn't it's, it? I think so. I don't know. But uh, um, so everything has been a, a definitely – I, I believe I'm mentally tougher now than I was then because – resiliency has to be my thing. I have to just keep moving forward. And society makes it easy for me. People don't expect me to move forward. People don't expect me to open doors. Oh, we enable everybody. Yes, they don't expect me to do anything. And if, like I said, when we started the podcast, I can do, I could be a professional student. I could have gone to school. They would have put me in housing. I wouldn't own a house. I wouldn't, none of that stuff. They'd put me in housing. They would, uh, modify my vehicle for me and they would pay for school, my food, my rent, Mm -hmm. everything the entire time. All I have to do is keep being a student, which for me would be fun. I think it'd be a blast to keep learning stuff, but I'm also checking out of the responsibility of life. I'm checking out of like, actually it's not real life. No, it's not right. So um, now you did 33 years of teaching. You retired. How much time do you spend doing painting and stuff like that? And, I don't know, explain. I think that I spend. I, I said to you before, probably twenty hours a week painting. Okay, I said before the podcast that I think a lot of people have a plan to retire, then they get to that point, they retire, and then they're like, "Holy shit, what am I going to do now?" Yeah, well, what am I supposed well, to do? One of the things I, before I retired, I applied to get the MFA because I knew if I didn't have a plan, I would not become the couch potato. I'd become a couch. Okay, right, 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 yeah. So I did the MFA. And for many years, I went to school to get the extra hours so I would get more money, so my family would be better. Wow, this was just for me. And I went to Goddard College in Plainfield, Vermont, which was 
a low residency program. So twice a year, I spent 10, 12 days there. Yeah, that's pretty there. They're right, real nice oh, looking. God. Yes. If I could afford to live in Vermont, yeah. Um, and then after that, every three weeks, I would send my 60 pages. Half of that was revisions, usually. Part of it was um, original work because I was in creative writing fiction. And part of it, we had to read and write about, over the two years, 48 different books. Wow. Wow. And they they had to be, they called them annotations, and I don't know why they were called that, because they weren't annotations, but they had to be two pages max. You had to take one specific aspect of a writer in the book, so I could choose his use of color descriptives and how did how did this change the book and right it would have been easier to write 10 pages two sure. pages is harder yeah right 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 yeah yeah because you are you i mean i think that's uh, from what i've heard about writing is most journeyman writers write too much it needs to be edited way down yeah you get the point yeah. across in such smaller um spot which is funny because the one thing that i always go back to with uh like uh, when you teach somebody something, you have to, when we coach, I'm like, I tell their coach, I go, you need to do it like the assignment where you tell the kid to write how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And it has to be like, get the jar, process. take the lid yeah. off, get peanut butter on the nut. These are the steps. Right, right, right. You yeah. have to do all this when you when you teach, but when you write, you don't need to do all that. Like that's not, when someone says you made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, they don't need to explain how to do it. If I'm reading it. somebody made a peanut butter and Novel. Yes. I, I don't want to read all that extra No, shit. right, right, exactly, exactly. The point is across, and you made it for you know, yeah. you don't need to do that. But people do write way too much just to get something that they don't need to get across, across, and then it needs to be edited down. A lot of, you know, uh, English teachers would be like, all right, this, or writing teachers, would be like, you know, this 10 pages needs to be two pages. It's way too much. Uh, so now you're the. For, for right now in your life, everything you're doing, you're doing for enjoyment factor. Right? You're not like selling mm. art. To, I am selling art. No, but I mean like not to like live on. Art. No, I would. Right. I would be considerably thinner. Yeah. Uh, um, no, when I retired, I did. I did a lot of things. I wrote wrote the novel. Mm -hmm. I tried being a publisher, and I did. I published a couple books. And after about five years and losing ten thousand dollars, I I think I had a thousand books of each author printed, and I sent them to the authors and said, "Take a picture of it too." That's that's the book now. How old is this? I wrote, published it in two thousand four. I started it in two thousand. And what's one. the? Uh, it's a family plot, but what is the? Uh, okay. What's the gist? Well, my mother-in-law was number two of fifteen. Oh yeah, look at that. And this and started out like to be. I got a roommate then when I was in the hospital that was the youngest of twenty three. I can't imagine. I know. Same so, mom and dad. So too. this was going to be a revenge novel. Okay. But after about ten thousand words, all these characters sat on my shoulder and started telling me their stories and had nothing to do with her family. And it's much better, I think. Okay. It's kind of magical realism. It's um the father and the mother and how they meet and get married and 
it follows. There's an old timey photo on there, but is that what is that? What's the time frame? What is it? What's it takes place from the 20s to 2000. Okay. And the cover is my father-in-law is the tall one. This is an old family picture. Sure, but, sure. That looked good. And because there were 15 kids, they had to work together to get around certain things, like being the white trash in the town, like dad who was abusive in a whole lot of ways. And on the other hand, not everyone survives. So at the edge of the farm is this little tiny cemetery plot with 10, 12 graves in it. So that's also the family that plot. plot right? Okay. Uh, so there's this pun. Have you ever seen the... Uh, oh, yeah, right. right. Uh, have you ever seen... Um, there's a movie, The Family Plot. Oh, is there? Yeah, from is. the 40s, maybe. I don't know. I don't think I've seen it. Uh, no, there, there, there's a... Uh, uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers has... Uh, Fred Armiston on there. He's a drummer. Oh yeah. And the ever I hate the, that. He looks at the picture. The and tells yes, you the right. Story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is so dumb. It's, yeah, I mean, and it's kind of because it's stupid. Yeah, it just, I, I find it so stupid. It's not coming. Right. Well, you know, once or twice, but he right. Over yes, and over. yes. No, he's the, not my favorite. The first time that he did it, I was like, oh, that's kind of funny. And then, like, I like checked in on that show. 30 times and they do it every single time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, stop doing that. Same yeah, thing. yeah, it, it's but, too much. So, Seth Myers, I think, is brilliant. He is. And um, Amber is her favorite. Amber says, what? Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. What? Yeah, she's, yeah, what? Uh, this is on Amazon. You can find this. Uh, no, it's out of print. Oh, it's out of They didn't tell me it was going out of print, but it's no longer on Amazon. However, my other book, um, Maximilian and the Man with No Nose, which is a chapter book for boys in third, fourth, fifth grade. Okay. Although I think other people would enjoy it. Yeah. Is available on Amazon. Now, what's what is that about? It's about um, a kid who's bullied. I met a guy with no nose. It doesn't have a guy with actually no nose. There's a guy with no nose. Okay. Who is kind of central to the plot. Whose father took him camping in New Mexico in the mountains and the father dies of a heart attack and the kid, his nose is fraught, just bitten but, off. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, how did you, it's fiction, right? Yeah. So how did you develop those characters? Like, where do you... What a good question. You know, where do you draw that from? Like, well, nose and... we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So from second through fifth grade, we lived in Albuquerque. Okay. Yeah. One of the reasons I don't oh, have sports different. gene, that's because different. there were no sports, sports in Albuquerque. Sure. It was all crafts and cool stuff. Yeah. And then we moved to Minneapolis for a couple of years. And then I started high school. I went to high school in Decatur, which is kind of the groin of Illinois. It's pretty bad. Uh, that and uh, what's the other place that? We were just down there at the, there's a, the the meth problem that goes on in like central Illinois oh, yeah. is crazy. Yeah. And I, it's weird to live, like we live all, you know, pretty much up in that Lincoln Way area. There's shelter. They don't understand that this is what's going on. It's a white privilege bubble in a whole lot of Oh, ways. it is. It is. I mean, we were down in, oh, Danville. And yeah. you pulled into like a fast, you know, I don't eat fast food. I've uh, Today is the 14th of this year. I have yet to have fast food yet this year. Now, my schedule's crazy. 
it's absolutely nuts. Like I, today, my, my schedule is I, I got up, got in the shower, got got out of here. I had uh, uh, a contract to submit to an attorney and uh, to the lender. I had to get over to Best Buy, get the thing installed, come back here, get something to eat, do a podcast. Um, I'll get done with this, and then I'm going to book off to coach wrestling tonight. Um, and then in the meanwhile, like I'll be trying to learn German and do everything I can. But, uh, you know, the, geez, I don't know where I was going with that. Um, oh, the, uh, the, so I don't do fast food. Uh, but with the wrestling and everything else going on, there are times where I'm like, a whole day has gone by and I have had no time to like, I didn't eat all day. Oh my Mm -hmm. God. I didn't eat. I got to eat something. And I bust through the fast food place. I bust through the fast food fast food place in Danville, and everybody in there looked like they were on that. Every mm. single person was on. I'm like, holy, God, like toothless and like just a ma- I'm like, whoa, haggard. Yes, and the food was so it, Taco Bell is bad to begin with. This was worse. I've never like, been to Taco Bell in years. Yeah, no, places. I. That might have been one of the last times I was there, but it was bad. Um, and then when you talk to some people that are down that way, it's a it's a huge. I mean, I did the podcast with about opioids and opioid addiction, and I had people reach out to me that were from Watsika and down. It is rampant. It is unbelievably bad. I'm sure there's people dealing with it in the New Lenox area. The guy that was on was from the New Lenox area, but it's so much worse in the impoverished areas. And I the I learned. Uh, I always thought that drug addicts and tough guys came from the city when I was growing up. It's the other way around. Those country kids got nothing to do except for to do drugs, screw each other, knock each other up. They're all pregnant and get addicted to drugs and everything else because there's just nothing to do. You've got culture. You've got the city and everything else that's there. You can go to a show. You can go, you can, you know, take a class. You can, uh, I have, I am not the quintessential like you know i was the guy that's punching the head so i wasn't exactly the artsy guy right you're not mr culture no i i as i got older i kind of was like i enjoy it's gonna sound like some of my guy friends are like what i right <laughs> i i enjoy going to a play i went to a nina simone play about the uh church burnings down mm-hmm. in you know, it was awesome it was i enjoy all that very very much and a play is like uh it's overacted. It's you know, like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. but it's still wonderful as far as that goes. Yeah. You're in a uh, different place for a while. Yes, yes, and it's just these people that are like putting this whole emotion, and everything all together, without the you know, Marvel movie sound effects and all the other nonsense. It's just them doing it. In some ways, it's like reading because you still have to project certain things outside of right. Yeah, right, what's going in on in your head? Right. So that that stuff's wonderful to me. Um, and I've never looked at my sons. Like I, I think sometimes like, hey, why don't you guys like diversify a little bit and take a like acting class or take something that's outside of your comfort level as far as that goes. And yeah, never, work, on, work on your weaknesses. You already have strengths. Right, 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 right. So the you, you took a bunch of, you know, college courses with the art and stuff like that. Like explain to somebody who, I ran into some people who don't like music. And I'm like, and I'm always. I don't be, understand that. Nope, I'm befuddled by it. I can't even. I'm like, wait. I go. I hear certain music, and you know, 
I want to almost like, you know, I, there's music that I hear that if, if I don't, if this doesn't make you want to move dance wise, then something's play, wrong with play you. Play me Santana and I'm moving around. The right, right, right. Well, I mean, for me, it's like old R&B. If, the, you know, anything like that, you know, there's, there's a the art, art class. I wear my earbuds and I'm painting and suddenly I'm dancing. Yes, right. And I grab the instructor sometimes and we dance because go. I've known her for years and so there's no, a happiness on, that but, you get yeah. from the art and then the music adds to it and stuff like that. Um, so if you were to explain to somebody who just, you know, they look at, like I go to the Art Institute and I try and look at things and I really enjoy the times. I have probably been to the uh, Chicago Art Institute, I, I would say a good 18 times. Like that's a lot. I'm, I'm yeah. 48 years old and I've been there 18 times. Um, We've been members for 47 years. Right. So yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you got to be way surprised. But, but we also live in Homewood and we can, we're six blocks from the train. We can hop on the train. Right, right. But explain to someone who's, you know, when they look at art, they just see oil on a canvas and that's it. They don't, they don't. Stand back farther. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. What, what patterns do you see? Right. right. Well, okay. That and what, what where's colors? the enjoyment? How does, like, how how does it move your soul? How does the color move you? Right, I I do I see it like, um, and the artist is set up so nice because it's it's really set up with almost I don't want to say motifs but like there's emotions that go on in different mm, spots yeah, of yeah. the art institute that you can go into and I think there's people out there that are drudging through their lives there's so much to do that they just don't have time for that shit it's so much easier to turn on you know uh, the Voice or some shitty TV show Jesus. right. Uh, who's the singer underneath that stupid hat? Uh, that that's what they do because it's it's it's, it's, I don't it's, it's that shit. right. But it's the Taco Bell. It's a, it's yeah, a drive yeah. Team, right. So it's what they it's get. Bubble gum for the mind. Right. So explain to them why they should be like, all right, listen, fuck it. Next Sunday, I'm okay. gonna go and I should go to the Everything artist. Everything you do impacts on everything else you do. It Surely informs, impacts on your kids. It informs everything else you do. Right. So every book I read changes me just a little bit. And I, what's today? 15th? 14th. 14th. I've read six books this year so far. Nice. Because because they're on Kindle and I can just zoom through them. And when I'm done, I choose another one. And I mostly read trashy beach reading mysteries. But still, learn a whole lot of stuff from reading mysteries. Right. Every piece of art I look at informs Everything I do, every book I read informs my art. Every television program I watch, I'm, I'm following the story and I'm watching the characters and I'm looking at, did you see that picture on the wall? Oh yeah, 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 right, right. That is because, interesting, yeah. Um, uh, my love of music helps me, oh, so my love of music can help me watch a movie and get it better because exactly. they're playing that in the movie and it right. makes sense. We have had a piano practically, well, at least 48 of the 52 years we've been Okay. And I play at, not very often, not well at all, and I don't practice often enough. And I limp through Christmas carols. You know, that's sure. mostly, but if it's there, if I want to play it, it's there. A couple years ago, I bought a guitar at a garage sale for 10 bucks. And I took guitar lessons for a year. I learned so much about music. And I, my fingers are too arthritic. I can't do chords, but I can pick. 
Yeah, right. right I right. can pick out the melodies. That's, See, that's cool. Right. And it's all for my own amazement and my own amusement. But everything I do informs everything else. So I, I pick up rhythms in the music. Right. right when right. I write, I can write so that I create rhythms. When I paint, I create rhythms. Sure. And that's the, the, this is what I would like to see more people do is, you know, the, I would classify a renaissance man, right? You're doing all these, well, right, you're doing... Somebody you're, told me the other day I'm a renaissance man. Right. Bullshit. I'm not a renaissance man. But you are dabbling I have, all of these the last things. The last science class I had was in college. Okay. And it was botany. It just, the last math I clad, had was in high school, and the last math class I had was 1962. Sure, sure, sure. Right, right. I can so, still figure the tax in my head, add it up, and tell people how much this is going to be. Right, right. You have to leave it at him. No, no. Right, I, right. And I, mostly because I go out for breakfast with a friend of mine, and that's where that's the only thing we do out because mm. I'm a much better cook than I can get right, in right, restaurants. Right. And I figure that uh, the minimum these days is $3 per person, so I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Just uh, the breakfast. Two of us. That's a six dollar tip. Right. Yeah. Breakfast is kind of that way because you sometimes don't make the the you know the amount on the it's a thirty dollar breakfast or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. For two of us. But uh, but so everything you do informs everything else you do. Right. So I take um, a creative writing poetry class at Prairie State. Right. That informs everything else I do because I think about things differently. And it changes the patterns in your brain. Sure. Now, so that you've, you've been, been married for 52 years, you just said, right? Yeah. Now, I would try and encourage somebody to, you know, look into something. Now, it doesn't have to be the, the classes that Bill's talking about, but something because, like, uh, I got Tank to... welding. Right, right, right. I got... Oh, well, you can do art that way, too, right? Oh, I mean, hell you can yes. create some pretty, pretty cool shit that way. And... Uh, coming from the construction business, there's a uh, instant gratification generally from that job, right? Every single day, uh, when we leave a job with my boys, and it took a little bit of like coaching to get them to do this, but every single day that I'm there, we're leaving. I'm like, hey, stop for a minute. Now turn around and look. Look at what you've done. What you've done. Look what like, you've this looks good, right? Like you need to take a. And I think that's one of the reasons I cook, and I paint, and I write, right. because I taught high school English. And I see the results of that now. Right, right, right. Because I have a lot of former students who are sure. friend, friends on Facebook. And they write me, think, well, like Carl mm -hmm. writes me at least once a year. And we love Carl and Kelly. That I'm trying to get never, him on podcast, he keeps uh, ghosting on me. Well, he never liked to read until we read The Grapes of Wrath. Mm -hmm. And I made them read. There were teachers because... It's written in, in two parts. So there's the philosophy chapter, and then there's a narrative chapter, and then a philosophy and a narrative. And a lot of teachers read only the narratives and forget the philosophy. I made them read the whole thing. Not that they all did. I, sure. I'm not that naive. But Carl did. Carl's brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's super smart. Absolutely. Yeah, and he's... he's uh, And empathetic and kind. Absolutely. But his... Uh, my empathy only goes so far because when someone's an asshole, I lose it right away for you. Like, hey man, that, that's who you're gonna be, that's who you're gonna well, be. And then I can just beat up on you and all that stuff. Carl gets 
Like he stays away from the Facebook stuff, I think, because it, to his core, things bother him about something that someone's saying, and he can't get past it. I just I he's write on a lot. Facebook every day. He, yeah, he's on there, but it's you know it's cat stuff, and like he just kind of well, keeps it light. Yeah. Because I think it does. It sticks Maybe with because I'm so much older than you are. I'm finding, and I'm working at it. This is a conscious effort. I know these people are assholes. Hmm? Yes, I... And then I step back I and say, say why are they an right, asshole? Right, right. I'm trying to figure out why. What, what is it? And we don't know. Right. Did they just get fired? Are they impotent? Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, that, right. do they have That's tiny right. hands? Yep. Uh, not right. to get political. Nope. But um, that's not even political, dude. I mean, guys with tiny dicks got problems. I mean, oh. they've, they've ruined the world. I mean, they say Hitler had a micro penis, and he he only had one ball. One ball, right? Well, however it works, but I mean, you know, I don't know. You need to that's get why over they, that. That's why they drive gigantic cars. Right, right, right. They're compensating for something. Yeah. I get it. Right. Yeah, people and compensate he, all over the place. You need and to, what is it they're compensating for? And I probably will never know, but. Knowing that they're compensating makes me consciously try, not succeed, but try to be kinder. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I, I have to, I have to consciously try to put my snarky in a place where it's oh, not. Oh yeah, yeah. I, mean, I do because I mean, I, there's there are times where I'm like. Um, clearly more intelligent than you are. I've clearly more read on the subject, <laughs> and you. I mean, you're, they're literally yeah, on so my... Yeah, so why don't you just shut the hell up? Well, yeah. right, right, they're, uh, they're just on my page calling everybody cocksucker. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, all right, you know, like, this isn't even worth my time to do this with you. Like, I, I don't know. I, I when, when I got on Facebook, I made friends with everyone I could find named Bill Mosher because I thought that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, right? My, my dad's parents were divorced in the 20s. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, we're divorced in the 20s, and the Mosiers were anathema. Okay. So he did a lot of research and did the genealogy and places. But we don't know any Mosiers. So, oh, okay. All right. So these are, many of them turned out to be cousins. Distant cousins. Yeah, I got tons of them that are like yeah, South yeah. America and stuff yeah, like that, which yeah. I was like, wow. Yeah, because they were Nazis and got away, yeah. That's anyway, right, right. That's right. <laughs> I have a bunch of Germany that downloaded the podcast. Yeah. This that's one weird. guy who is Mr. I love Trump. And I put something up the other day about um, who cares about Harry and Meghan. Oh, God. Why, yes. why is that? Why is that news oh, in the United States? I had States? that same conversation. And some, yeah, somebody, one of my friends in Vermont wrote, because it's a racist thing. You know, how is this racist? And I wrote, because she's biracial and the British press is giving her all kinds of shit, so don't get your knickers in this. Right. Oh, I think it's a and today, the they want to do. That was they like two days ago. Today is his birthday. Okay. And I wrote, happy birthday, wishing you a year full of tolerance and loving kindness. So we'll see. He, yeah, he no. may unfriend me, and yeah. I've never met him. Right. I've right. never met any of these guys. But they can, and he, you know, I could unfriend him. Because he's so rabidly and antithetical to what I believe, but I think it's really important that we listen to all points of view. Yeah, there are some people I, I want to hear. I'm fascinated by how they've come to this position to be in that. It seems to me like such a 
horrible position to take as far as like what you care about people and stuff like that. But I think there's some machismo to it too. I think some guys that are not uh, the toughest guys, maybe they're not even the toughest guys of character or anything like that. They want to um, take that persona of the tough guy. They, they align with. He's speaking for them. Yes, in right, so many right. ways. Well, he's also the and asshole. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my job because immigrants are. Well, yeah. If that's your problem, you need to better job. Well, we're talking about people that. And, and how can you get language. a better job in this economy? No, it's different. Well, the other one is that I see. And if you live in West Virginia, yeah. The other one I see is the people who want to pull the ladder up in the white. So it's the second generation people from Mexico that are absolutely adamant that nobody else comes over here. Oh, really? Like they get See, into the lifeboat and they pull it. I don't know. Maybe because of Prairie State, I know so many dreamers. Is that okay? So I think I went through a list the other day of people that are not first generation immigrants to this country, but second generation from Mexico. So, like, you know, their last name is Garcia or something mm. like that. And they're all. Rabid Trump, Trump supporters really? build the wall, like Stephen Miller. Uh, Stephen, like no, they, they're they're probably huge fans of Stephen Miller. You know what? The other thing that I find ironic about this thing is, irony is not the right word. These people all look terribly evil too. That uh, who was the Breitbart guy in the beginning? That oh uh, yeah, he was an awful looking human being. Stephen Miller looks as evil. If I was to Stephen, draw evil, like, yeah, he looks yeah. an evil guy. The Breitbart guy, I can't remember his name. He looked dirty. It was so unkempt. Right, right, right. Just, and just yeah. I got a shower. I combed my hair. I put on a clean shirt without paint today. Right. Although right. I do have paint on my paint on my hands. But yeah, um, no. So I mean, these people look the part of this too. It's like it's it's the weirdest. It's like everything's right there for you to see, and they don't see it. it the cognitive, yeah. like the dissidence is. It, to me, it's it sometimes is mind blowing. And then the things that have gone on. I mean, he's literally put kids in cages. And then you get the fake I'll news thing. Right. But you get the fake news thing that says Obama did that too. Or Obama built the cages. Listen, that's not how it went though. Like you didn't read the article that explained the difference between what went on. There was a, you know, uh, um, Sessions got a news conference and explained how they were going to change this. And he explains exactly the difference between yeah. their philosophy and Obama's. And it was supposed to be a deterrent. The problem is, is when you live in a country in South America or even Mexico, where the cartels are sh- literally shooting your oh, family. God. You might as well be in Zambia. Right. Any, <laughs> anything is better than this. So they're yeah. going to come. Yeah. You're not going to deter them by saying you're going to put them in a cage. Because at least they're going to be you know, somewhere safer than they were before. So it's not a deterrent. Minimally. Yeah. Minimally, right, right. Well, minimally because, I mean, they're going to get shot. Probably. Right, kids in cages and that father and daughter died trying to swim yeah. across the yeah. river. And like, yeah. it's, it's all bad. The last one that drove me well, a little... used to be a, a nation of hope. Right. Well, the last one that drove me a little bit nuts was the pissing contest that uh, Little Hands had with uh, the Iranian uh, government where they killed the general. Then... The Iranians decided to do this thing where they shoot a bunch of missiles into a base where they know nobody's going to be. So they're not going to shoot like, down a Ukrainian airline for no apparent Well, reason. that's the thing that happened by accident. The one missile they shot, like, took off and hit the airplane that was in the sky there because I don't know if it honed in that it was something they yeah. were supposed to hit. And it killed 179 people, like 63 of them are Canadians and stuff. Like, 
how are how is how isn't this administration responsible? I know we didn't fire the missile, but how are they not responsible for this happening? Because you killed the general that received this. You know, the reciprocation was this missile attack. Um, and I mean, like everything that the the Iranians did, the missiles that they used were very very accurate. They only hit this one part of the fort, the base that they were aiming at. The whole idea was and there was all kinds of advanced knowledge, so nobody's right, hurt. Right, but they, they did it so they could save face with their people and say, we struck back. They killed our general, we struck back. But if they were according to the trip this morning, all kinds of riots. Well, because of the plane coming down, yeah. for sure, because there was like 100 Iranians on the plane and their own government yeah. shot the plane down. Right, so like, but how are, how are we responsible also for our actions in this situation? I mean, I find that and this- And we are responsible for his actions, whether we want to be or not. Right, 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 right. So all this stuff has gone on. I, I mean, I have paid attention pretty good to politics since the end of Clinton. You know, that, that's about the right age for me. I'm like in my 20s, I start paying attention to that stuff. Uh, this is the most disastrous presidency by far that I've ever seen. It, it really is. And I, I am also not a person that like, if he gets reelected, I'm not going to be even remotely upset. It's going to be, yeah, I got reelected, whatever. The only thing I'm going to be upset about him getting reelected is the judges. They're appointing so many judges that are unqualified. And the only qualification is that they're evangelicals, they're super right wing. And then the other qualification, it's a trifecta. They're in their 40s. They're young yeah. judges. They want them to be there for the next 20 some odd years. So, like, th this is what's going on. And the problem is, is the country, whether you believe it or not, not, you know, you probably don't have a, a thought on it different than mine. The country is center left, for sure. Like, people want their own. They don't, most people I talk to, even if they're conservative, don't care about gay marriage. They don't care about the conservative uh, social stuff. But now these judges... A lot of people are really honed in on abortion. That, but honestly, like I sort of... I was in a ball game and a woman wanted to have that conversation with me at a ball game. And I was like, all right, listen, I don't really want to have this conversation. She's like, well, my friend told me you're this big liberal. And I'm like, well, I would say I'm a progressive, not liberal. But if you want to have that conversation, I can explain to you. She was like, black and white. There should be no abortions. I'm like, all right. And we got to talking. She went to fertility, had like 30 embryos made and then had implants, and then they, they discarded it. I'm like, how is that different? She's like, well, and I'm like, no, 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 no. How is that? It's exactly. still an embryo, it's life, yeah. and then you discarded it. And she's like, well, okay. And then then she went to like late term. I go, you don't understand. You need to look up the, the problem is it's the education thing. Again, they're uneducated. They don't understand that these late term abortions are like 0.0002% of all. Yeah, yeah. It's almost it nothing. ever right. happened. You need a panel of doctors. You need three physicians that took an oath to do no harm to okay this to, to go on. Like um, these people firmly believe that they actually give birth children and then scramble their brain, or like the partial birth abortion where they the head comes out and they put the thing in. Like I go, none of that is that a thing. Happen. No, right, right. That's not a thing. Now, abortion for me personally, I'm against it. I have a daughter and two sons, and I said to all three of them, listen, we're not wealthy, but we have enough money that I don't care if you're 17 years old, if my daughter gets pregnant, have the kid. 
We'll, we'll raise the kid. We'll do everything we can. I promise you, I'll put my life on hold so you don't put yours on hold. You can go to college. You can do all the things you need to do, but we won't do that. And I go, but in the end, to my daughter, it's still your choice. Absolutely. But you have this option. I don't have, ever I think. Have no say in anyone's abortion because, number one, I'm not getting anybody pregnant. Right. And number two, I'm never going to have a baby right. or not. Well, number three, you're a religious guy and God gives you free choice, free will in the Bible. Why am I taking the will away from from anyone else? From anyone else. Why am I imposing my views or maybe not my views? That's not religious freedom. Right. Well, my, I like That's why the pilgrims came, because they, they wanted to have their freedoms and they didn't want other people telling them what to think. They, of course, then imposed what they thought on everybody else. Right. Well, I like the, the, the internet meme that says, my religion says I can't do that. And the other mouth says, good. The next one says, my religion says you can't do that. And the other one's mouth says, fuck off. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's not that's not how this works. No. You no. get to do what you want to do. I get to do what I want to do. And then if there is a deity, then he's going to judge me by my actions. The, the analogy I give is if a guy was put on a desert or a tropical island where all his needs were met, but he couldn't. There was no one else there to do anything with, but all he wanted to do was molest children and kill people. Is he a good person? No, because he's that's what he wants to do. God would know your heart sort of a situation, yeah, yeah. right? So making it impossible to get an abortion doesn't change the person. He still wanted it. They'll probably get a back alley one and then it's all gonna go haywire. So, right, so I mean, yeah, those they, are my they thoughts. They make abortion you know. illegal, I'm ready to head the the movement to buy knitting needles dipped in red paint to send them to every congressman. Right, and that's the thing they they won't make. They'll only make safe abortions illegal. Yeah, they, that's yeah. what's going to happen. Like you're just well, going to make it unsafe or already illegal. But right, what the fuck? Right, right, right. It's right. like there are people that just opioids can't. are illegal unless they're prescribed, and sure. even then, ninety nine percent of the time, a guy commits a crime to get something because there's something terrible going wrong. People don't rob banks because, not just for fucking shits and giggles, let's go rob a bank. <laughs> they rob a bank because their kids are starving or something is going on, their land's getting repossessed. Some shit's happening that's going bad. So, land yeah. is wrong. Right, 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 right. So, um, but the, the as far as we keep getting off the, 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 beaten, the, the topic here, I want people Was to understand. No, I know. <laughs> it is pretty loose. I don't really. I, I kind of like it that way. Like I like to. Have, I it's like a to conversation. Have, conversations. Right. It's I not like a lecture. It's not a TED talk. Right. It's a conversation. And I think they always. There's. There has been nobody on my podcast that I wouldn't have back again. You. You. You included. And you were. I mean, if. If three weeks from now you're like, hey, I'd like to come back. And like, oh, by all I means, would be delighted to come back. Right. Again. Come back. I want to um, talk about something different. Right, exactly. And stay on topic. Right. <laughs> I don't you know, like that's whatever the topic is. If we yeah. veer off, we veer off, it's all fine. Yeah, I mean fine. I had a real estate uh, you know conversation the other day and somehow we spent a half an hour on porn. So I don't know how we got there, but yeah, well <laughs> it happens. Uh was he forever demon? Did he enjoy it? It was a it was a female. Oh. So uh but the thing was is there's a whole genre of real estate porn. So like if right. It was it was good for a laugh. And it's it's the whole like, it's, like food. <laughs> it's it no it's not it's, no, right it's like uh, it's we my the thing that I equated it with was it's like the uh, old porn where the lady orders a pizza with extra sausage the guys are up and then they have sex 
it's you get a real estate agent right 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 you get the real estate agent and then you you know end up having sex with the real estate agent but uh so no and i i think i almost like like it that way because then it leaves things to talk about but the main thing that i really wanted that i saw most interesting was that there's a lot of people that don't pay attention to art they don't get what is they don't pay attention to anything they have blinders on and if right. it doesn't affect them very directly and if it doesn't put money in their pocket or food in their mouth or gratify them in some way they aren't interested right and th- i think they're missing the point because art is is hugely gratifying that's the point life, of art life is can be gratifying. gratifying right but i mean we put together a whole like division of uh a military the monuments men the guys to say that, there was yeah. a there was a general that said well we could the save this uh this um town or something like that but we probably can't save the art and the general's like then what are we doing this for like this is the thing that this is what we're trying to get back to is enjoying the arts and stuff like that when i see people that are dead it's set against whole life funding the arts it drives me nuts yeah i'm like you want to defund the arts because you want to just dredge through your life and go to your job and like you're missing the kids, point kids do much better if they have art and they certainly do better in math if they have music right right no i believe uh, i believe that yeah no and music one of the most beautiful places not the most beautiful but one of the most beautiful is prague that i have been because it was never hit during world war ii they never bombed it oh yeah okay Right, that's good. The most beautiful place I've ever been on Earth is Venice. That was, right, that was bomb though, right? They, they, I don't think so. Oh no, that was, what, too far south or something? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Nobody ever talked about anything like that. Well, I that. guess they get, but the, so what? Why would wait, they bomb? It's not a military. Well, I thought it was, I know, I watched a documentary on World War II, and Paris, they left Paris because of the architecture. The Parisians didn't want it bombed. So they just said, all right, we surrender. We surrender and we left. Now, French are labeled with this, you know, thing where they just surrender very easy. But they did it for a reason. They did it for the art. They yeah. did not want these things destroyed. So they said, listen, you can take the city. You're never going to take our hearts. So we're going to walk out of here and it's yeah. yours. And then the, the Nazis were super surprised at how easy it was to take Paris. Well, yes, they didn't want the Eiffel Tower bombed. They didn't want the, you know, all this thing destroyed. Yeah. But Paris is a beautiful city. I've never been. I my I do. I got my pocket picked on. Did you nice? Nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I Not my, my favorite city, and people were enormously rude. But oh, that's that. I've heard that, but I want to see it for sure. And my I I have a. Uh, I know it's strange because like I, I I like World War Two, and I actually like to see how the Germans did what they did. Mm. Like that's a country the size of Wisconsin. And they damn near took over all of Europe. By and they were pretty organized. That is the after the Treaty of Versailles, mm-hmm. where they were told that you couldn't be military the way that they they and they they made this military monster out of it. Um, That's because it's it's so Newtonian, I think. The equal and opposite reaction. Yes, to the, I think to it's the, a the horrible action. Now maybe you're saying the same thing, but I, I think it's the oppression. They, yeah, they were forced down. And the harder you oppress somebody, the harder they come back they, up. They push back. Right, yeah. push back. And they, yeah. the Treaty of Versailles, the equal and being a, trying to be unbiased by the Treaty of Versailles was unfair. Like, that was oh, not... horribly. Right. I mean, and if you looked at World War One, okay, 
you know, the Germans were on the side that lost. If they would have won, they would have got to write their part of it too. Yeah. I don't know enough about World War One to say that they were anywhere near as horrendous as they were in World War Two, as far as the philosophy went. Now, there's all kinds of Germans who claim that they didn't know that they were. Right. I don't buy that either. You couldn't like not smell it, but. Uh, I still am fascinated by that. And then I love engineered things. Like I love tech stuff. I, I like a rifle, not because it kills something, but because it's an amazing instrument mm. that you can place around a hundred yards away within the size of a silver dollar. If you're doing it right, it's engineered very, I mean, and I love like your engineered cars and like all that kind of stuff. The, some of the reasons that the Germans did so well was the engineering background that was there, and they were all precision, super all that, intelligent, yeah. right? Fine, um, fine detail, right? So, but you know, the the as far as that goes, Europe. I wanted to be, I want to go to Europe, but I want to go for like sixty days, where I can just be there, be fully immersed into it, because I want to understand what the culture is today. Um, I always turn a weird nose or like a side eye people when they don't like other countries. But then I, the next question out of my mouth is, have you been to another country? No. Okay. Like George W. Bush had never been outside of the, the United States and he was president of the United States. That to me, I was like, what? I think he said he'd been to Canada or something like that. Um, just my time. I used to spend quite a bit of time in Canada it's a completely different culture there. Like as far as that goes, I mean, those people could drink. Ooh, I mean, I have been drunk but, but way under the table with those people. I, I was in Toronto one day. Okay. Um, during Ganja Fest, and I saw one drunk on the subway, and I know there were people stoned out of their oh, minds. Oh, sure, sure, right, right, and and totally drunk, but. It's not like going to Chicago where people are puking all over the place. Yeah, they definitely have a different culture when it comes to that. Like even the times that I've been with those people and they do drink like well, um, but they don't seem to get it, – it's it's not amateur hour or something like that. Yeah. It's almost like a professional. They taste it better? I, I don't know how, how they I work. I it. don't drink much. And right. I well, probably don't drink well, but I only have one drink once in a while. I'm not a big drinker anymore either, but uh, – that's the thing, like in Europe too. Like wine is a thing that's just—it's a diuretic. They're drinking it with their—it helps you digest your yeah, food, yeah. sort of thing. I'm allergic, but okay, right. So I love it. I—I I, I love to open a bottle of wine, but uh, so I want to be immersed into it. Uh, I've been to Mexico twice, and uh, one—the one of the times we were offered like an all-inclusive, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, if we do that, I'm not going. They're like, oh really? It's supposed to be really. I'm like, I don't care if they're making great food. I'm going to another country. I want to see, I want to go out and rent a car and go everywhere I can to see how it mm-hmm. is in this country. And I was amazed when I did go to Mexico, the two times I went, we rented like a, it's got a Volkswagen engine. It's a dune buggy mm-hmm. sort of thing. You can go everywhere. And there, it's a, it's a different world. I mean, I know that there's people living in like shacks in this country. They're living in like grass huts. Like, yeah. I was like, this is a mud building. And the lady's like got a broom and she's sweeping out off the, the dirt floor and there's chickens running around. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is like a step back in time sort of a thing. The food is completely different. Like it's not Tex-Mex. No, I don't understand how a person doesn't understand. New Lenox has uh, Burrito Loco and then they have Taco Bell. 
if you go past either of them, there's way more people at Taco Bell than there is at the authentic, you know, place where you can get a decent burrito and a decent taco. It makes no sense to me. They're right down the street from each other. Why would you possibly ever go to this mess? It, it is, it is. And it's there, it's fast food is consistency. So you know you're going to get the same thing every time. But if it's a good restaurant, it's consistent. It, it is, it is. And I mean, so like, I don't know, people need to like not, that's again, I think that the guy that got elected president, I keep going back to this guy, but he gets McDonald's everywhere he goes. Like, like it's crazy that you, that's shitty food. It's bad. That's not good. Um, I love to go to a different, if I drive five, six hours from here, go to Northern Wisconsin, I go to Minnesota, uh, Michigan, I want to ask somebody at a gas station, hey, what's the mom and pop? Like, what's, yeah, yeah. Give me what's in the area that I can get. And surprisingly enough, if you really look for these things, uh, if you go up to northern Minnesota, you find a Norris culture up there. Like the Vikings are the football right. team, but those are all Viking people too. Yeah. Like you can find the greatest crepes and uh, waffles and all that because it's it's like way better than – but people just go to the drive through McDonald's up there and get an Egg McMuffin. And I'm like, oh, you got that at home. What's wrong? Like, so – and art to me is the same thing. Like if I went somewhere – to Germany or something like that, I would want to see. I love a cuckoo clock, Stein, all that. That's yeah, all yeah. art of some sort. I mean, and there's a million different arts. You paint, there's sculpting, you could do clay pots, you could do like, there's a million things. But drawing and painting are totally different. Right, but human beings make things with their hands. This is a human thing that yeah, we've done yeah. over the millions of years we've been on the planet. And there's so many humans right now that never make anything with their hands at all. That not even dinner. I want people that write. I want, food is another art too. But I want people that listen to my podcast to venture out and do something with yourself that you wouldn't do. You would be amazed at the satisfaction you have when you make something. Now, you might have to practice it a bunch of times. I mean, the first artwork you did probably was not the greatest artwork in the world. The first time I tried to walk, I fell down. Right, 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 right. So keep trying. I've done all kinds of things around my house as far as building stuff, everything else. It's gratifying to me when I'm done building it because I get to use whatever's there. It's also gratifying because people come over and they're like, man, that's a pretty cool deck. That's a nice spot. This is nice. You know, like, it's nice to have, yeah. to, to, to be able to do this things. This aquarium. Yes. No, this is, it's fun. And, this, and I'll tell you what, I we built, the, we built the aquarium. We built everything around it. It's like got plumbing, everything inside of it. It's immensely easy to take care of. And my office is right on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. I sit in my office with real estate work and every time that I'm not actually doing something, I'll just turn and I can look at that and be like, I like that. It's oh, just, yeah. it's super it's nice. Calling. Right, it is. Uh, what is this thing? It's a scrubber. So it's oh, a magnet. It's yes. Scrubber. Okay. Yeah, you just rub it on. I figured it was a magnet. But like, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so yeah, no, I mean, I think people need to be, I don't know, with life now, I think that there's so many people that are dissatisfied. Uh, people look at other people's lives on social media and then they're commit- the suicide rate for people is, oh. is jumping very high. Yeah. Yeah. Um, need to find and an outlet. People, one, of, one of the reasons I try to stay active and, and keep my brain going mm-hmm. is I watched my in-laws who moved back to my mother-in-law's hometown and associated only with her sisters, and they got smaller and smaller and smaller. And my parents did pretty much the same thing. They moved 
to Tennessee, where my sister and brother-in-law live. They're still rebelling. I am? <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, no. They've been dead for years, and <laughs> I've been up here for years. Anyway. Right, right. Man, maybe I am. Anyway, but not against them. Right, right. Society in general. Um, and they just got smaller and smaller and smaller. And I don't want to be like them. Right, 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 right. No, I get it. I totally get it. Okay. Well, we're two hours and 20 some odd minutes. Oh, my God. That's, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, like I said, we'll do it again. Like anytime you want to come to This great. Yeah. Uh, I, I, Give me a I, call. I'll, yeah. be, I'll come I, down. I had a blast. I'm not uh, taking a class this semester. There you go. There you go. Good, good, good. I'm sure we got people out there that would like to hear it. Um, I have to do this with every podcast. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, if you like what I'm doing, do a favor, uh, subscribe on the on the YouTube channel. Uh, you know, talking about YouTube, you know, not knocking out a bunch of channels that are not vi- commercially viable. Mine, I don't make any money from it. I'm just doing it for for kicks. Um, I try and decide what I'm going to try and do or what I'm going to do by the amount of subscribers I pick up with every podcast. Every podcast I tend to pick up two or three here and there. Um, I don't really care that much like i'm not looking to ever make any money with it i enjoyed my time this afternoon this I had really good, time. Good, good i'm glad uh we're on uh you can find us on uh, itunes uh you can find us on google play um the the best way for me to i, I can see the downloads and stuff and I, it's doing well but if someone would rate it uh i think i got a five-star rating on uh apple i got a um i, I, I did a podcast with guns and I had a little bit of a different opinion than the girl that was on there with me. Although she was not, you know, too crazy. And I think that they were upset about that too. And I did get one thumbs down uh, on that because I was, you know, afraid of the computer. But, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to take the government over with my guns. Uh, so, um, but, uh, you know, it's been pretty positive, everything. Uh, I get a lot of feedback from people when they watch the podcast. When I see them, I'm always surprised to hear people like that are listening to the podcast that they wouldn't think are. Like my my sons were here the other day and they were like, hey, uh, you know, my buddy's dad wants to know where he can get the podcast besides iTunes because he listens to it in the car, but then when the screen shuts off, it shuts off the audio on his car. I go, I just got to get an Apple and find it there. But uh, let me know that you're doing it. I love to get uh, feedback that's positive, negative, whatever. Right now, I'm working two different cameras. The one that's on me is a 4K. The one that's on Bill is just a uh, high definition. I can see the difference in the, in the camera. Mine's a little bit clearer. Um, I, I, but that's true. Yeah, it's $200 for another camera, so i got to wait a little bit to get another one. But uh, and tell your buddy that's going through the podcast, just yeah, get on it. Yeah. Get on it. This is, and, you know, and I'd like to put a plug in. Absolutely. www.billmosher.net. Yeah, now what's that? My paintings? Your paintings, right? Oh, okay. Now, and they're for sale. Right. Um, so now, are you trying to, is there a goal, end goal with the painting stuff? Are you trying to, like, is there a show that you'll do that's not virtual, like a regular gallery type um, show? I have done some of those. It's mostly virtual, partly because schlepping everything everywhere. Yes. And I'm oh, old. gosh, that's got to be. I'm too old for that shit these I'm days. taking my uh, podcast to... Uh, I coach youth wrestling. I'm taking my podcast to uh, the uh, banquet. <laughs> taking the podcast to the banquet, and uh, um, I'm hearing you walk up. Uh, 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 up, up, come on, up. Yes, get up there. Get up. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. 
people have said, you know, like, uh, we heard about the dog and stuff like that, so he's never been on there. But, uh, yes, uh, but, um, you know, it does take a little bit to schlep all this stuff there. My son's are really about getting it all set up and everything else, but, uh, we're going to interview. Well, paintings, you got you have to bring the screens to hang them on, and if you're doing how this is it? Well, the art show would be cool, but then you need the tent, and you have to take everything down at night because they aren't secure, and then you have to put it all up, and I have a small farm. Right, right, right. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right, you need a trailer or something. Yeah. For that, for that sort of, uh, sorry, all right, so, but, you know, if there's anything that comes up, definitely come back, and, like, oh, if you do do any kind of show or something like that, or um, whatnot. We can even talk about retirement. <laughs> That's what we were planning on talking about. But, uh, uh, so, yeah, check out the website. I will definitely uh, put a link to oh, that in, in, the, in, in the podcast. And uh, otherwise, uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right.